Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. What is up, Gypsy gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. Uh, Super stoked on this one. We've been uh, flooded with moto content lately. Uh, it's sort of always going to be the way I think in November, um, just with the Supercross in Auckland and then the Townley thing and then uh, the Supercross at Marvel. I'm motoed out for now. We've got a little bit more moto content to uh, to come, uh, but today I'm excited to have had sat down with a very unique cat, super cool guy going by the name of Lane the Saint. Uh, he is a recording artist out of the Gold Coast, but he's traveling all over the world right now. Um, his music is really, really cool. He's got three tracks uh, that have dropped on Spotify recently uh, with an album to come this year. And I don't really talk about it that much, I guess, just because I suppose it never really comes up. Um, but I'm a massive rap hip hop head have been for my whole life. Uh, I'm very interested in, uh, air quotes, the culture. Um, and I think that really come out when I lived in the U S and I just don't have that many people I get to talk about that kind of stuff with nowadays. Um, which is why I'm so stoked on this podcast in particular. Lane is definitely a really rad dude and I'm, uh, I'm stoked to, to watch his career take off over these uh these next few years as always we have our legendary sponsors that we are bought to you by uh and i just want to give these guys a quick shout out at the start of this episode just want to give a big thanks to the guys at nobby underwear you can head to nobby.com they just released an epic christmas pack which they do each year you can also subscribe to the nobby nation for just 20 dollars a month once again that is nobby.com also got to give a massive shout out to our new sponsor, uh, Cricks Tweed Heads. They are a uh, car dealership that is down in Tweed Heads and we have some really exciting stuff uh, coming to everybody uh, with those guys this coming year for 2020. So uh, very, very excited about that. If you are in the market for a new Triton Ute, uh, as you very well could be as a moto head listening to this podcast, uh, you can call the guys at Cricks. You can ask for Kyle. Uh, let him know that you're a member of the Gypsy Gang and you will get looked after. Uh, or you can head to their website, uh, crickstweed.com.au. Uh, it is definitely that festive time of the year. Uh, rivals cut off for graphics if you want to get anything through those guys uh is on their instagram uh at rival 
Inc. Uh, you can also head to the website at uh, www.rivalincdesignco.com.au uh, and you can order your graphics or jersey prints uh, through that website. You can also use the code Gypsy Tales and Gypsy Gang to get 15% off. You can also head to MX Store uh, at www.mxstore.com.au or you could hit their new showroom in Burley uh, to get basically any aftermarket part or accessory for you or your dirt bike uh, for this holiday season. You can also head to the link in our Instagram bio at Gypsy Tales Podcast uh, to get some of that merch. Maybe you got a boyfriend that listens to this that loves the podcast maybe you can get him that uh or maybe you need some new gloves we've got our uh limited edition fist gypsy tails gloves uh up on there as well i appreciate it we're going to be dropping a bunch of podcasts this week as well as recording a bunch more super busy time of the year and we're going to keep this momentum rolling but until then enjoy this podcast with lane the saint we are rolling now (laughs) saint lane everybody what's going on (laughs) you know i uh i did a podcast once in america uh, this is like in June. Yeah. Two hours on this conspiracy podcast. It didn't record. It didn't record any of it. Oh. And the guy's like, yo, can we do that again? No. Nah, bro. Never. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dude, I've had like, I've had a couple of fuck ups, but wasn't not recording. It was like shit that went wrong with cameras and stuff mm. like that. Oh, it's so fucking hard. I hate that shit. Because you have like, yeah, it, you have a moment mm. and it's like, it's gone. Once yeah. it's gone, like you can't recreate that combo. Yeah. And then trying to like, fake you react to the same mm. you know the same words and the same questions not a fan even like even talking about like we just went and got a coffee down mm. at next door espresso burley it's really good Sh- shout out to the homies yeah that's the spot we pretty much every time we do a podcast we go there and take take the guest and get yeah. a cheeky takeaway I, I was thoroughly impressed that something like that is uh so, so close to my house yeah because you're in what broad beach waters yeah 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 so they're not too far away like 10 minutes away yeah sick so what's your normal you said this was the only podcast you'd actually get up for oh like, dude what's, your, what's like, your normal schedule i i wake up at like 8 30 yeah which isn't too that's not super I, late i don't think that's too bad to me that's a nightmare like <laughs> yeah. if i stay if i woke up at 8 30 i would be fucking losing my mind that oh dude I, uh, you're an artist it's uh, where a different thing totally a different deal. and then at nine o'clock i uh a personal trainer my my pt josh comes around to my house yeah right. we do like an hour of boxing you probably you like you can't tell because i like drink so much and eat terrible food but yeah i train like all the time that's sick yeah how yeah. long have you been doing the boxing stuff oh like a couple months yeah right but, like going hard at it like every day that's sick you yeah. enjoy it yeah i, I love it oh it's just fun to punch a bag yeah and uh yeah so i, I do that uh, and then I try and write music for like two or three hours. Yeah. And then I'll try and write some stand up and then just chill. Are you still doing the stand up thing? I, d- I played at Melbourne Comedy Festival this year. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's sick. Yeah. It's uh like I, I do like aliases and shit. So I did uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival under Rocky Middleton. That was my name. Yeah, right. I performed. And then I did a show in Brisbane uh, in September. And they, but they built it as Saint Lane doing stand up. Mm. So people that were fans of my music came to see me do stand up. Wasn't a good idea because yeah, people were right. very upset. And uh, I saw I got booked to do an hour stand up and an hour of DJing. Hour stand up's really hard. An yeah. hour stand up feels like an hour of boxing. Yeah, like it's it's hard as shit. And uh, so I was like twenty minutes into my set, and then uh, one of my management people come to the side of the stage and were like, hey. 
the bar said we're gonna shut this down because people are complaining and people are really upset wow yeah and I've, like, my opening joke is about babies with big dicks and yeah, okay. people were immediately upset and I had this I had this really I had a joke that I told at Melbourne Comedy Festival yeah that killed because I was opening for uh, Isaac Butterfield yes so, so like gnarlier the better yeah so like his crowd were like all about know, it they were huge fans but then people that listen to my music aren't particularly might not be comedy fans yeah so they uh, got super upset and then they're like can you just DJ for an hour and a half instead I was like fuck this venue and I was gonna just DJ through Spotify and I logged out of premium oh no and hit the venue with the ads <laughs> <laughs> so people were like trying to dance and shit and then like it'd be like the next 30 minutes ad free and, <laughs> and the venue's like coming out like you can log into our shit I'm like fuck you guys they had a drink named after me at that venue no shit I don't think they'd have it anymore I think I upset everyone that worked there and so you were just like pissed that they wanted to like cut off your set or yeah it was it wasn't even that it was just like the censorship I wasn't a fan of so do you think it was more the the like the content yeah yeah people were upset by the content Ah. and uh, so yeah I had to which that's like just sucks with comedy in general now yeah people are so upset I don't like I'm just I don't really get offended by shit I have with with especially in comedy like I, I could get offended by like some like hate speech or like some crazy shit that's like not comedy but if it's comedy I feel like it's like a it's like a free-for-all like you, yeah. can, you can say whatever you want it's, it's comedy and like if it's like film like have you seen the movie Midsummer? no uh, it's fucking hectic came really? out came out this year it's about uh because people people got so upset about the Joker and you know the people said that that Joker movie was so fun oh, I haven't fun. seen that yet oh okay it's, yeah, it's pretty I need, I need to go see it it's good would it's, it still be in cinemas I probably surely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, I it's, feel it's like that'll be there for fucking ages and but people were so upset about the violence in that movie and so I was like preparing to see a violent movie I walked in and I was like this is just a normal movie this, yeah. is, this is less violent than like The Departed this, yeah. is, this is just a regular people are just so sensitive beautiful film uh, this is my favourite movie of all time The Departed yeah yeah my man this, this movie is just per- Fuck it's fucking it. perfect the yeah. cast is perfect the, the the score have you seen the movie that that movie is based on what, what it's based on like that? a Chinese movie really with the same plot and oh dude I've heard that dude so for anyone listening, if you have not seen The Departed, go go see you it. You have to see The Departed. Just like I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or I I don't know. But the do reason I've come on this podcast is to plug a movie from 2006. I'm here to, just to <laughs> yeah, let yeah, people yeah, know yeah, yeah. The talking. Departed is the shit. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, yeah. seriously, it's fucking all time, dude. It, I I reckon Scorsese is my favorite director of all time. Mm. Like I I I am so amped for The Irishman. His next movie, yeah, comes out in like two weeks. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Dude, I lo- I fell out of, like, I was really into the film thing, like, when I was doing the film stuff, mm. just in general. But I've, like, really fallen off the, the radar when it comes to the, the New releases? Yeah, just, yeah. like, I'm just not there anymore with it. I feel like it's a scene that you sort of, you, like, fall into, you know? Totally. I have a thing with directors. Yeah. So, like, if I, if I know a director I like has got a new movie coming out, I'm, I'm all in it uh, yeah. there's a director who I'm loving right now called uh, Ari Aster have you heard of this dude no he did a movie called Hereditary yeah right and it is like the best horror movie I've ever seen yeah it came okay. out like a year or two ago and it blew my mind yeah and he put out a new movie this year that was a midsummer movie yeah right and uh, like this dude is like the next guy like I feel like he's like you know how you have like 
yeah generational directors like tarantino yeah. was yeah. like in the 90s yeah and uh maybe christopher nolan or david uh there's david finch the guy that yeah. did seven and fight club yeah like and it's like an evolutionary scale i feel like arias is like the next guy yeah right that's interesting eh? people are people are sleeping on this man it's it's interesting how that whole and i mean music's the same too like yeah. podcasting like media is just different now it's so and different. it's like the way like i don't even have tv at my house yeah. i've got a tv on the wall with apple tv and yeah. i got youtube i got netflix i got rebel tv mm-hmm. wsl and that's it and it's like mm-hmm. I, I think we're just in this we're in this place now where people just like constantly curate their own shit yeah it, it, it's crazy because it used to be you'd either get you'd get all your entertainment from tv or radio mm. that was it and now there's so many sources of getting different things i, I don't have like i've got foxtel for uh for sport yeah like i watch sport but there's not a show i don't watch a show mm. uh and like i've got i've got a tv i play like ps4 all the time mm. it's like some shit i do in my downtime <laughs> like I, I just i just vibe out and play some shit but uh yeah people have it used to be like you'd have a when i was in school you'd have a conversation and be like oh what you know are you watching lost or like some yeah, show on tv yeah. but now it's like everyone someone's watching something on disney plus someone's watching yeah. something on amazon that's what i wonder like how it's like there's so much shit going mm. on these days with like yeah like disney plus you got hulu you got hbo yeah. like just wonder if, what what's like critical mass with all that shit and like yeah. when the people are just like because that's i feel like that's where i'm at i'm just like mm, i'm out yeah like i'm fucking over it now like there's it's too hard to find to like to keep up you know yeah dude i i was on netflix the other day trying to find something to watch and i like was like i'm not interested in any of this shit have you watched hustle and flow yet oh the chance to rapper ti yeah. uh, i watched like 10 seconds of it. did you not like it nah i got into it yeah everyone lying. everyone loves it. it everyone keeps telling me to watch it um what was your issues with it I, d- I don't like game shows nah but that's it's not though it's like not? it really cause I'm the same like you I would fucking donate blood before I watched American Idol yeah or like same literally fucking pull, <laughs> pull teeth like yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm out on all of that but this was legit it's legit it's super legit uh, you should definitely I'll check it give out. it like a second uh, a second go cause I, I I like T.I.'s music who's the other judge uh T.I., Chance the Rapper, and Cardi B. Okay. And dude, Cardi B made the biggest fan out of me. Really? That, like the biggest fan. I fully fucking love that You converted. Chick, fully fucking. I'm yeah. all in on Cardi B. <laughs> dude, I was so in on Cardi B when she was doing that, Um, but before her first record, like before Bodak Yellow. Yeah, I was right. fucking with her shit real hard because like real underground. She yeah. Would, she had this mixtape that had like, I don't know if you've heard of The Breakfast Club. It's like yes. a New York radio station. Yeah. yeah all the interludes of breakfast club yeah so right. i was listening to the breakfast club like on like a you know just streaming oh, streaming and, the actual and, station and they were plugging this artist cardi b and i was like oh cool like there's no like chick rappers i'll check it out and i was like this is so dope there's like bars it's like hard all the videos are real hard and then it like transitioned into pop which is cool yeah and like get the money and stoke for your cardi b but i was like oh I'm just gonna go listen to like I feel like Nicki Minaj did that a bit though dude and, but that's like I feel like with chick rappers like that's the evolution is like super underground hard as fuck talking about gnarly sex shit mm. go into the pop world that opens the door for the next chick cause it's like it went like uh, fucking Nicki Minaj Cardi B now it's that Meg the Stallion chick yeah and Cash so, Doll's another one yeah but I feel like there's like more of that shit now and then there was some super dope chicks on this 
hustle and flow. Right. So like that, the chick side of it, uh, London B, I think her name was. Right. Like she come out of it. The guy that won is fucking incredible, bro. Well, what's D his Smoke. name? D Smoke's his name. Yeah. I've someone. I. Do you know Alex Hayes, the surfer? Yeah. He. You just told me to check out this dude's music the oh, other day. No shit. And um, Alex was on here like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, dude. He's like a friend of mine. Yeah, sick. He's uh, a super nice kid. Yeah, like alarmingly nice when I because I, I like knew it was in scrammer yeah. shit before and I was like oh this dude has to suck yeah. and then he was like so nice <laughs> that's fucking funny that's what I thought <laughs> yeah dude, like um, like the best he hates being called an influencer mm. but like he, he is mm. but he's the best influencer dude in the in the world like he's uh, I were at this party and I was with him it was like two weeks ago went to this party yeah, for Tommy Hilfiger yeah and like tommy hilfiger was there got to meet him and shit no shit and um and alex was there but the room was full of these instagram people and everyone fucking sucked yeah. <laughs> except for like the people that did shit so there was there was like mad cool people there but like in the mix of mad cool people were people that all influencers yeah. influencers and i was like man these people fucking suck yeah we did uh we did that grass is greener festival with like nobby underwear is one of our sponsors yeah so me and luke were at that grass is green and we went on this yacht before it and we just like just stood there and just yeah. like looked at all these people I was like what the fuck are we doing here mm. but i mean fuck that shit works though bro like the whole it influencer does. marketing thing is so yeah. insane the new influencer marketing is with music is uh is labels paying tiktokers to make tiktok videos to their artist songs yeah right it's a it's an interesting time to to make music dude you know who i fuck with really heavy is adam 22 oh i was um he played my shit on no jumper and what? It, yeah dude it was crazy i was in canberra and um i started i like my phone was like going off it was like no jumper followed you on instagram i was like what the fuck is this wow and then um and then people like hit me up they're like adam 22 is talking about you on the show Dude, and do you have the episode it's on my instagram yeah i'd love and, to fucking see that and shit. yeah he's he's listening to i got a song called sugary sweet yep and he's like listening to it while he's like scrolling through my instagram on the show that's and, sick as fuck and he's like he, he full like he full because he usually just shits on music which yep. is why i like him because it's like it's funny watching him just talk shit about music and he was like say lane that's official you're a g I love your shit. That's gangster as fuck, dude. Yeah. So. That, that's what people when like everyone, because Rogan's like the guy that everyone knows. So when people compare me to people, they're like, they're like, oh, so it's like Rogan. I'm like, mm. I'm, <laughs> I'm all about that. Adam 22. Adam 22. Life, you know? like, dude, yeah. And, um, and his girlfriend's got her own Lena, hustle. Yeah. Um, and did you see that penthouse thing they yep, did? Yeah. Yep. Fire. Dude, I'm full. Like, that's like my one, that's like my one dude I follow like mm. probably more than anything else that's so cool that, yeah. so you you were like you are like into rap shit fuck yeah bro dude that's man. Why when you hit me up I was like I can, <laughs> I can sit here and, sick I don't, and I don't like the crazy thing is is, is that um, I, I like I always love rap music yeah like I could I could fucking sing every single lyric of Chronic 2001 sick every like I love hip hop my whole life what's your first hip hop shit that got you into the genre probably chronic 2001 okay that's cool it was it, it would be like either some eminem shit mm-hmm. or chronic 2001 and then i had two buddies uh fucking that like one of them is still like a real good homie of mine yeah today but we're in like middle school together and they were white as fuck yeah and we lived in a pre- pretty black area like we lived in um in Cairns, so like our school was like a pretty like indigenous school mm-hmm. so it was so funny there was like these two white white <laughs> as fuck boys and yeah. uh they were just like they had every tupac city they had every okay. biggie city they mm-hmm. had the tour uh bone thugs and harmony yeah they had um wu-tang clan they had like 
all of the like super classic shit so that was like my first experience with it but i think chronic 2001 would be the album that like really got me into like into hip-hop and then i sort of with the motocross shit i got into the more of like the punk rock and the, Mm. the metal stuff and then uh, the like new metal I was like crazy into new metal and yeah. the whole emo thing yeah. but like I just I did always love rap and then when I went to America America made me love rap even more and love hip hop because of more more so like the culture 100% and when you're in when you live in LA mm. and when you see Crenshaw Boulevard and when you have been to Compton yeah. and like when you go to Atlanta or you've been to Houston like you go to these places or you've been in New York. Like you you feel the vibe. Like it's so easy to like feel that in the music. And there was like, um, fuck, you had a really dope line as well. It was a Red Bull line actually. And I think it was Pit, Pit, Oh, Pitbull type B. Uh, Um, Red Bull, uh, Red Bull on my jacket. I'm just trying to stunt. Yeah. And then you had like the dirt bike too. So I was like, I feel feel that. But, um, but yeah, there was just like, there's just so many, like when the references like hit for you, it's like, it's a dope sound. But when you, when you feel the reference, you're like, I've fucking been there. Like I've been to that spot. Like I know that, I know that shit. And it's like that, that's when the rap really like. I really got into it yeah and then being around you know certain people mm. as well like that really just made me like fuck I just love this shit you That's know shit, yeah. so yeah I just I, I definitely I don't look like it but I'm a fucking underground hip-hop head for sure oh dude that's mad <laughs> I love that yeah I um because yeah I, I had no idea that, that I, I just thought you were just a just a legend no nah, no nah, fucking love that shit yeah so adam 22 like that's my guy like that's uh he when people are always like oh who's like the one dude you'd love to have on the podcast i'm like fucking adam for sure you should hit him up yeah i will at some point when like i was bummed he was over here but fuck where was i i was so, I, I wasn't around when he was here maybe i was in like vietnam or something like that so i was like kind of bummed but yeah. i um i met up with tony hinchcliffe the other day when he was here oh i saw him at the comedy store a couple months ago yeah he's right. great dude so good mm. but yeah so he has been on adam's podcast and now i know you follow him too so maybe there's like a connection there but yeah uh, yeah he he fucks with my music apparently so yeah hit him up <laughs> sick as fuck dude yeah so you were saying like we went and get a coffee that you started out thinking you were going to do stand up yeah so you moved here from auckland when you were 14 yeah and then you um were like playing rugby league and then you got into the comedy thing so like how is that like i guess you've just always been a guy that's been like an artist in a way yeah like even when i was playing rugby league i wanted to be like an entertainer in rugby league like i wanted to be sonny williams yeah i didn't want i wanted to be like deeper than that i wanted to, i wanted like brand deals yeah and shit like that and like I, I think i was pretty good like i was playing like rep and shit um and all the dudes i played with are now in the nrl yeah and like jay arrow from the maroons is like one of my closest friends yeah right um and but yeah i was doing i was like the joker on, on the team yeah I was like the funny guy on the team but i was like behind closed doors like hustling jokes and i would go to the cavern in nobby's beach yeah the loft in chevron island and the atrium bar at the casino yeah and try out my bits that i was working on and i fucking bombed every time because i was trying to be funny yeah and it was when i just talked when i just told a story from some real shit yeah people it got laughs yeah and it sucks i started getting good at it when i broke my sternum and i couldn't laugh so i 
like I started like actually improving the craft of it just as I wasn't able to do it and just as I wasn't able to do rugby league so I just stopped it and then I still like I do it now just for like fun but I don't think I would pursue it yeah so anymore. so when did when did it turn to the the music then because like yeah the your fucking sound like whatever you've hit with St. Lane I just think is so cool like Thank it's you super too. unique like every song's got like a little like a different influence and like Mm. i think that um pretty sweet or sugary Sugary sweet sweet. is i hear like vince staples in it oh wow and i'm like that's so fucking (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah you you don't you like i just don't see you trying to be like vince staples like you're not that you know what i mean like you're because there's a there's a, a, a formula that you could copy if you were like a young sort of gangster kind of dude yeah then it's like you could be like vince staples but it's like mm. your image and your sound and your lyrics and everything is like the opposite of what vince staples is but then yeah. you can hear like such a a cool reference to his sound in a way totally and yeah. it's like i just i think that's hard to do as an artist totally it's like sort of have a sound but like or like have an influence but not be biting the whole thing yeah which is i think that's really cool well i think that comes more from uh mutual influences from me and my like people that i'm in like the same kind of age bracket as like Vince staples yeah post malone and shit yeah like i really fuck heavy with like kanye west i love um love like biggie love uh like but also the other shit i love is like a bit off the wall stuff yeah like I love Daniel Johnston I don't know if you know who that is nah like this like underground acoustic I guess like a Bob Dylan of the 90s yeah love him love Bright Eyes love John Mayer yeah so dude John Mayer I'd fuck John Mayer dude I'd let John Mayer fuck me actually same crazy crazy like prodigious talent he's John Mayer and Kanye West my favourite artist of all time that's cool uh, and that John, I think John Mayer, Kanye West, and uh, Julian Casablancas from The Strokes. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think I was like somewhat a, an accumulation of like that. Like a product of that. Product of that sound. And that threesome. Like, I'm, I'm, I wanted to have like Kanye West production, John Mayer songwriting, and Julian Casablancas vocals. Yeah. Kind of merge into one thing, which That's is cool. which is why it sounds a bit different. And then I can see like Vince Staples would probably have similar, similar influ- influences. And like Tyler yeah, Creator, yeah. similar influences. Yeah. And like, um, and that's kind of why there's a similar vibe, but sonically it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, but it's like I can, it I can hear it, but I. It makes sense in a playlist. Yeah, together. Yeah, like the, the a, a lot of rap from like California sounds like my shit. Yeah, that also makes sense because I'm making the music there. Well, that's what um, my buddy Sam. When you hit me up, I was in the car with Sam, and then so we played your three tracks on Spotify. Yeah, and um, and he was like, "Is he from California?" Yeah. So he literally like you <laughs> he, can hear it. In he the music. Hear it yeah, but like I think that that's, I think that like that's one of the things with Aussie hip hop. Like, so I know the boys from Bliss and Esso. Fucking oh, legends, great dudes. Like, super, yeah, like, but I I. I always wondered if that sound never went bigger because it just sounded too Australian. Like, it's too niche in a way. Yeah. It's starting to work now with, like, 1-4 doing drill. Yeah. And, um, and it's so dope that it's working for those guys. Uh, but just for me, man, like, as a consumer, I, I like just listening to shit that I can just, like, yeah, just bump. And, I, and like, there is a niche market for it. But right now... Because there's so many consumers in Australia, you can have like a niche product and it work. Yeah. But I think 10, 15 years ago when Bliss Nesso and 
Hilda Woods is coming coming up. They like they did they did so well and they're mm. doing so well. Yeah, but because there's a bigger market, but that's not going to be in rap caviar or like no, any, you know no, what I mean. Like yeah. it's it's not going to sort of be in that like super fucking blanket. Yeah, mainstream sort of I guess sound. You know, it will work in places where they've got a similar scene. Yeah, like a like you can have one for work in the UK. Yeah, because they're both doing drill. That's the one thing that I've known and like if anyone listens to this that like knows is comes from like your end and they're like hardcore in the hip hop scene like I'm not that fucking guy like <laughs> I don't know fuck all about yeah, yeah. like the whole Aussie scene so like I'm literally just like it's anecdotal on my end so like I'm not trying to claim to be an expert no, but yeah. like you can hear a bit of um like that uh what's that 1-8 shadow guy or shadow uh I think there's a rapper called shadow yeah so he's an Aussie dude I think he's from Perth right and you can hear like his shit's super fucking rad but you can hear it's like that UK sort of like uh, it's drill like, skeptic like derivative style. of that sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, whereas, you know, like the Hilltop Hoods, Bliss and Esso, like those boys, they just went like super fucking Aussie. Like they created their own thing, which is super rad as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like with what you're doing, it's like, I feel like it's a different thing. Like totally. it's just a different sound that you're going for. Yeah, dude. And when I moved here, uh, it was the first, so when I was 14, I heard uh, Hilltop Hoods for the first time. And like, and like, shout out to those guys, all love. But when I was fourteen, I thought that stuff sucked. <laughs> like, it it was too foreign for me. Mm. And like, I lived three, I lived three hours away, yeah, by a plane, yeah. And it was such a foreign sound because like the hip hop that we were making in New Zealand was like, like Scribe, shit, Savage, yeah. uh, David Dallas, P Money, yeah, all these dudes who like had like international music. Fuck, I used to love Scribe, dude. Dude, Scribe was so the good. best, like the fucking best. I had, you know, you know Savage. Uh, no, he did that. And I was, Stop on, oh, back it up now. Let me see your hips. Oh Sweet. yeah, is yeah. he in New Zealand? Yeah, he's from Auckland. What? Yeah, dude. The fuck? He sounds like Jadakus. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, he came to one of my shows in oh, Brisbane, and I was like so fucking humbling that's uh, heavy yeah he, he came through he said he's like a big fan of my shit and yeah, I, thought, like, I thought DMX did that song <laughs> <laughs> he does sound like DMX yeah dude he's like the best guy that's fucking dope yeah so like getting getting love from him man I have this song called Zip Code on SoundCloud yeah I, that's like one thing I wish I went like through and listened to like where I was gonna say like where's the rest of your shit I, want, oh, yeah. I wanted to hear like I've only listened to like the three Spotify tracks I've only got the three Spotify tracks out and I got one track on SoundCloud okay cool and that one track is just a demo yeah like it was sitting in a folder on Dropbox for a year yeah right and I've played it to people and they're like this is sick yeah so what was the like what was the process because like from what I can tell again not knowing fucking dick <laughs> yeah yeah is that you've like you've got a good label you've got some good management going you've either that or like you're curating your own shit like so fucking spot on oh I'm self managed but yeah oh so you manage your own shit yeah yeah so what label are you with though I'm with uh, Tomorrow Music who's yep. um they used to be called Ministry of Sound oh no shit yeah so um, yeah, it's right. a ED, like Fisher uh, Pinal Empire of the Sun yep and me yes yeah, and um yeah, so I'm like the I'm the second hip hop act they've ever signed. Yeah, right. So, do you do all of your own like visuals and like all of your own nah. like art direction and stuff? Like I do that? art direction. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, and I have there's like people at the label that essentially manage me. Yeah. Like they they'll help out with like day to day shit. Yeah. But like stuff like this and like when I'm doing you know media stuff, that's 
That's all, all on you, yeah. It's me. But yeah, you look like you've got a really good team behind you that's helping you. Like, yeah, like I've got great Obviously, people. you've got the vision, mm. but it's like you can tell that to just have those three tracks yeah. and to have the like the look and feel that you do, like there's definitely seems like there's a solid mix of like your own ideas yeah. and then a really good group of people behind you that is like helping realize that vision. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm so lucky to have like a budget from the label if I'm like, I want to do an animated video and I want it to look crazy as shit. I can sit down with um with Karen from marketing, shout out Karen, uh, and Cassie, who's like, who's essentially my manager, but I, again, like self-managed, but yeah, like, yeah. she is my unofficial like, like admin essentially, but like yeah. the best admin, like the best person Just in the a, world. I think like, with the landscape too it's like those roles within yeah. companies and music like especially a small company that doesn't have like fuck tons of acts it's like mm. that it, i could see it being pretty fluid in terms of what people's roles are it's just like let's just get shit done right? yeah it's like basically everyone on the team is me everyone's the artist yeah right like i, I look at uh chris who's my a&r guy a&r guys are the dudes that like listen to the songs yeah, and yeah. say like we should have this change this change chris is just important as me yeah in the foundations of the whole thing every person uh so i got i got two i got two main producers falcon ultra is the name of them uh so it's danny duke who produced for lizzo yeah i've heard of that um he was in the band called the griswolds yeah um and then there's a guy called dutch duke the not brothers um who was uh he produced like setmo flight facilities yeah he's cool shit so like two different backgrounds again because it's like it's like rock and hip-hop and like edm rufus to soul kind of shit yeah yeah coming together with me and we're all just flavoring shit up yeah and then we've got another guy called maxwell who produced for ty sign j cole crazy yeah. shit and then he comes in as his own flavor then we have these tracks and then we get we sit down with different marketing people have different marketing ideas yeah and um yeah hopefully it just keeps building that's 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 all i want is just for just to build i feel like every track i'm putting out it's like a little it's like just yeah just getting getting a little bit bigger the the thing that um i've really learned from doing the the podcast is like how quickly shit happens but how it doesn't happen quickly at all at the same time you know like yeah you'll get those you'll get these moments where you'll be hit with a wave of like holy fuck i can't believe i'm here right now Mm. but then it's like that's over and then it's like you just literally keep it's like the slow grind you know so it's like i think that through this process i've been able to sort of relate to what artists must go through when you're like because you're a super legitimate artist right now it's oh, like you. so sick to see what you've already achieved but in the yeah. grand scheme of things it's like feels like nothing yeah it's like you're barely on the <laughs> on the radar you know what i mean yeah oh, so it's, like, it's a weird thing right i i really upset everyone because i i sent out an email group email with my because i was i meant i was meant to have a song come out on the 15th of november and i got pushed back to the 22nd of november and i got pushed back to the 29th of november and they got pushed back to the 10th of January. And when they're like, oh, we're going to push it back to next year. I sent this big email. Everyone had a label. I was like, well, I guess this year has been a big waste of time. And people like, that's the shittiest thing of me to say because it's been such a good year. Just on that artist shit. I saw on some real diva <laughs> shit. And I feel really bad about it. And everyone got really upset. Um, but that, and, and it does feel like that because it's it's so in the moment. Mm-hmm. So when I hear a song's been pushed back by six weeks, my like, 
because I'm so in the moment, I've gone like, there's nothing else around this release. Yeah. Everything else has been a failure up to this point. Yeah. It's all about the release. But then I'm like, step back from like, oh, actually, you know, I had a fucking huge year. Yeah. I had the biggest year of my life. And I, I'm just being a little dick. Like, I can't believe I would say some shit like that and upset so many people that have worked so hard on my music. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's all fucking, it's all learning though, man. Like, it's yeah. just shit. You go, cause how old are you? 24. Yeah. So you're still young. It's how old are like you? 31. No shit. Yeah. Dude, you look younger than me. I look <laughs> like shit. They don't ID me at the casino anymore. <laughs> That's like, uh, like when I walked there, I'm, I'm so used to getting my ID out and trying to be like, look sober. Now they're just like, yeah, dude. Like I'm a, cause you, you meant to look over like 30 to get in yeah, the, in the right, casino. With yeah. like, That's such like a fucking weird rule. Like it's yeah. either cardist or don't. Yeah, like, totally. Subjective shit. I haven't been ID'd since I was 18. Really? Yeah. Like, I think it just look old shit. I think it's all the trauma. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all this shit I fucking we had to witness that it's just uh, I don't know my I, I and I think it's uh, I I work night shifts at a hotel yeah okay for three years yeah eleven p.m. till eight a.m. night shift just fucks you right up regardless yeah. of what job you're doing eh? totally it was yeah I think it's just like it changed my face <laughs> my old shit changed that dude that job was the worst fucking job so what what were you doing i was a concierge at a hotel yeah so you just had to just chill and fucking wait for people wait for people checking but there was so many dramas i um there were there was like suicides wow um there was a there was like a murder um where like i probably i can't probably talk about it because like a legal thing um but yeah suicides murder i had to i stopped a rape what yeah dude where the fuck was this hotel surface paradise yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it was fucked up. People just came here. Like, it was like, there was a casino at the bottom of it. How old were you when you were working there? Fucking like 20. I stopped working there this year. Really? Yeah. That's fucking heavy, dude. I would have been like, peace, bro. Yeah. I'm out of this shit. I, I remember the first death that we had at the hotel was uh, a kid. What fucking hotel is this? Oh, uh, I'll get so much shit. <laughs> That's and, fucked up. Yeah, they like... Fuck this hotel. The accommodation... like, and the, But like, the thing is, it's happening in like every hotel. Yeah, okay. I don't want to expose the hotel industry, but there's a lot of... um, There's so many suicides at hotels, it's fucking crazy. Really? Yeah. And, um, wow. And there was... There it was, makes sense. Totally. There was a lot of... Uh, is there much like porn going down at hotels too? Not as much as you'd hope. Yeah, yeah, I would. I kind of hope that there's like a lot yeah. of porn going down in hotels. I don't think I've, I saw any sort of porn going on, but maybe ma- they're ma- just super discreet. Maybe because like you watch porn and you're like, "This is a hotel." Like, <laughs> this, this is a, a hotel. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, yeah, not at my hotel apparently. But the hotel I worked at was shitty, cheap. Um, yeah, okay. And that's why there was so much fucking crime happening there. There was um, needles, fucking ice pipes. There was all sorts of crazy shit. God damn. And um, I, I had there, there was a. I had a night off and on my night off a dude came and pointed at uh, a gun a rifle hunting rifle at a guy asked him to empty the drawer this guy got 200 bucks if someone's pointing a gun at me I'm giving him whatever the fuck I'm just like yeah whatever dude totally Take but like the shit. they caught the guy imagine like going to jail for $200 that's the thing though like I think that a lot of criminals like they just want to go back to jail you know yeah like, right yeah that, that makes sense for sure bro like, cause yeah you get comfortable yeah well when yeah whenever you um whenever you hear those crimes where it's like why the fuck would you do that it's mm. literally so you could go to like so they go mm. back to jail That's so smart. yeah because people what like the, it's like it puts people in a system mm. some people just need to operate in a system yeah. like the fucking people have like this natural uh, want to not have chaos 
Yeah, totally. And it's like, so jail, while to like me and you were like, that would be fucking chaos. It's like, it's not. Mm -hmm. Like you go in there, you've got everything's a routine, you get given everything, you don't have to like do anything, you just have to exist. Yeah. So if you're the kind of person that struggles to cope in the real world, which like a lot of people that have drug problems, mm. alcohol problems and fucking whatever, like they struggle to exist in the real world. Yeah. So I just got a friend that just got out of jail, man. So fucking, it that, just said like, yeah, it was just cruisy. Just that, went in there. And so, I mean, whenever a, you hear that shit of like people just doing dumb shit, you're like, why the fuck would you rob a, a register with a rifle for 200 bucks? It's like, he just wants to go back jail. to jail. That's crazy. I remember I told my cousin once that uh, if, if you're, because he, he was, he's gay. He's like, dude, just go to jail. It's like free food free a calm and you just fuck every dude tons of sex <laughs> it's like the playboy mansion for gay guys <laughs> and, uh, but he didn't think it was that funny did but, you make that into a gag and you said no i should have it's probably a bit it's, it's probably there's a bit in there i could i could, I could mine it and turn into a bit but yeah he, he, he didn't think the shit was very funny dude that's fucking hectic though that you like saw all that shit and like you are young to like see that shit too yeah dude the first time i uh dealt with like someone dying at work i was 21 like and I, I remember we had this girl commit suicide and I was talking to her 10 minutes before she died. Wow. Um, she asked me where like the kitchen was and then she just walked in, drank a bottle of floor adhesive and then was found what? by tradies. This was on a Friday. If tradies found her on Monday getting eaten by ants. Wow. And then her parents came in and was like, what did you say to her? And tried to like flip the blame on me. It was like, oh, she was all happy. We were talking to her the day before she talks to you and then she goes and kills herself it's like, like fuck off with that shit I'm a concierge she has to talk to me yeah she just she literally just asked me where like the kitchen was yeah and I was like dude this is uh, it was it was so mentally draining dude and I can't it, believe that yeah That's why'd you sticking around in that job uh cause I don't have any skills <laughs> like <laughs> the only thing I could, like at, at that point that was, that was my first like real job mm. I worked in a factory for uh like an online uh interior design store yeah and like and would get like a ding on a bell an order would print out and i had to go through the warehouse and pack the order yeah and then uh see i'd rather do that than deal with fucking murders yeah i got fired <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was this is so shitty this is this is so fucked up um there was a girl that was always late and she just fucked up the orders all the time and she would blame it on me and her friend was like the boss and that's who gave her the job uh, and she was like don't be so hard on on this on this lady and um i was like nah fuck and i was a young man you know when you're a young dude you're yeah. a fucking dick yeah and i was like she fucked up an order one time i was like nah fuck you and she's like crying the boss was like get the fuck out you're fired and then literally a day later she got killed by her boyfriend wow yeah what the fuck yeah murder suicide wow in burley with her boyfriend and i like did you like fucking connected to the underworld of the gold coast right just through vicarious shit i know like pretty much all the all the fucking deaths on the gold coast are somehow following me that's fucking heavy yeah so then has that shit found its way into music at all yet uh yeah uh it's i've got a song i've got a couple of tracks i i I went on triple j and did this uh did like a live performance dude you did that bars Bars of steel bars of steel yeah i saw that i talked about the hotel in that yeah i listened to it this morning just on instagram but i didn't like fully try and like break the lyrics no it's cool uh i talked about the hotel shit in that song but um yeah i I don't know man like i was i've a lot of my music because all the songs that are out now i recorded in 2018 
Yeah, okay. And then they come out 2019. Yeah. I've got a song called The Water coming out in August next year. By the time it comes out, the song is three years old. Yeah, right. So that would get frustrating. I could see how that would get kind yeah. of frustrating for you. And, I, and so I don't really want to talk about like current shit in my music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. references because by the time it comes out. It's kind of old. It's old. So I wasn't really talking about shit I was going through at the time. So my next, the next music I write is probably going to be about that shit that I've recently yeah, gone through but yeah. um yeah like I because it's such a big hole I've got to try and make the music as like timeless as possible yeah I've got a song coming out that song uh, that was meant to come out fucking two weeks ago yeah uh that's the, that's the only new shit that's gonna come out um, I made it in October yeah okay I was just jamming with this dude uh Chunky Love yeah who's a fucking G by the way like the he looks like Action Bronson yeah but he's just like a beast on the guitar yeah right and I was like I want to I want to sing I don't sing on any of these songs I just rap yeah and like I can sing so I just like he's playing some reggae I feel chords. like every fucking New Zealand can sing to- yeah it's and like I'm Polynesian as yeah, well so like, yeah poly boy can sing yeah so I, I show. it's in the it's in the genes bro mm-hmm. and uh so he started hitting some reggae chords I was like oh well here we are we're in my element and um just sang this crazy tune recorded it finished it that night that's sick send it to the label and they're like this is it they like push back all my singles that we'd already put in the pipeline they're like this is the next one this is too immediately dope we need to play that after this if you've got oh, it yeah yeah I've got it on my final show it's Fuck, fucking yeah. crazy that's sick I love yeah. that shit yeah it's fire I can't wait I really can't wait to put that one out yeah because I I like that none of my songs sound the same yeah no that's fucking that's yeah that's, that's for real so like I've gone cop on my shirt is like it's like real wavy bouncy fucking doing like a a low register vocal on it yeah sugary kind of like that slow yeah like drawn out yeah like a Tyler creator kind of vibe yeah sugary sweets high register vocal like Vince Staples it's yep. faster that reminds me of uh, Big Fish yeah Big Fish that's, yeah dude that whole uh, Big Fish Theory album is fucking amazing but that Big Fish track is sick yeah that's the one that's the one I'm thinking of right I the, got that right um, the I Was Up Late Night Bowling yes yeah. Don't don't don't. Yeah. yeah. Great track. Yeah. And then Pitbull type beat is like awesome. I love the concept behind that song. Like I, yeah. I listened to a um I fucking hate Pitbull by the way. So I'm like <laughs> I, I totally fuck with that, the whole concept. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it, it was so funny. Uh it is true. It was like a true story that like I it was a, it was the night I signed my record deal. I uh I went into the into the office and we had to stay just like when you see like athletes and shit and right. you probably know this yeah the signing the signing was done so long ago yeah and like I'd signed these papers ages ago but then they wanted to recreate the signing for photos of me in the office so I'm signing it and also you've, you've got the exclusive on this no one knows that I've signed the deal to Ministry Sound oh that's that, sick that's getting announced fucking ages way yeah like, right I'll announce it here nah no one listens to this shit no <laughs> I listen to this shit I love your shit um, but so like I, I take the photo of me signing it I go out. They they asked if I could uh, perform in the office of the building. Yeah, right. And I was like, uh, I don't, "Have you seen Atlanta, the show?" No, but okay. I know of it. Yeah, there's a scene where Paperboy has to perform in the label office, and I was like, "It's gonna be like that." It's yeah. just like everyone just sitting there, just like this. And I was like, "Fuck!" I'm, I just need to get hammered. So I go to this bar down the street, just get it like a espresso martinis, Long Island iced teas, just be a dick, and just like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and uh, I come back, and I'm fucking drunk. 
and I'll just play the best show. That's like, sick. Kill it. And and everyone the everyone in the label's like, we believe in this guy now. And then I, I go to the airport, go to Virgin Lounge, get drunk again, like more drunk, get on the flight, more drunk, land, and I go to an award show. It was for Hotels Australia because the hotel that I uh, worked at was nominated for... Most violent hotel. On. <laughs> <laughs> it was nominated for Best Hotel in Queensland. No fucking way. Yeah. And then... Uh, so I was there I was free drinks at that go to this place called Duke's Parlor and uh, start doing like it was, it was like the after party was start doing shots of tequila and I was so drunk and Pitbull came on that uh that excuse me I'm a whatever that fucking song is called and uh, like a moment I was like this is the right environment for this music yeah I've been listening to it wrong I've been listening to it in a car I've been listening to it and headphones being like this is the shit what the fuck is this and then when i was like on the verge of passing out in a nightclub i was like this is this is where this was made for this is what it was made for this is the soundtrack to my life right now this is and i was like this is the best song ever made that's so fucking good eh? (laughs) and then i walked upstairs because the the bar was connected to my old work walked upstairs and threw up in the swimming pool that's so and fucking good. That was a, and that was a rap. That was a rap on the night. And there's a song in that. And there's a song. Yeah. I always love that. Like, I love like writing. Like, I, I haven't said anything about it yet, but I'm working on a book at the moment. So cool. And um, it's something I've always wanted to do, but I've never, like, I've, I've got I've got a ton of book ideas, and I, mm-hmm. like, it's some. That was what what first got me into. Uh, that was like my first profession like I, I thought I was going to be a writer like right. I, I was going to be a journalist for motocross and then so that's what I started doing so when I was like 17 I just write all these articles around like Australian writers and, Syria, and then I'd send them to the magazines and yeah. then I, I ended up working for one for a year and then I bailed out on it mm. uh, I didn't like the dude that owned the magazine and um, and then I started the like a this is why I love Adam 22 is because he started the come up which is a BMX website. Yeah, I was I was about to, there's the that, that's the link. That's the link. I, him, yeah. I just got it. Yeah. Yep. So he started the come up and mine was called MX Daily. Mm. So like I had this motocross thing where it was like the first blog in Australia for motocross. Mm. And then uh, there was a another website in the states called Verb Moto uh-huh. and they would just film the craziest shit and no one in Oz was like really filming stuff for the internet. Yeah. So like that was my that's where I went from like writing to filming so like i just took a fucking hard right turn right into like the film stuff but the writing was something i always wanted to do but i it's never like now i just never really knew like i just yeah. think i think like especially nowadays too like i was looking at um like people that post like those super long posts and they get like fuck they go deep with writing i'm like i feel like that's like the instant gratification of like the, the whatever that outlet is but yeah. it feels cheap to me mm. it's like it's like uh, I mean I don't know like I guess even like the rappers that are in the booth and then they'll like preview their new song like in the studio as it's being mastered I'm like yeah. that, that's just instant gratification like yeah. put it out properly but that to me is what a book feels like for people that like to write mm. so I'm, I'm sort of almost inspired by the fucking way that people will just like throw shit and then it's like it means nothing yeah you know like you read that post it's there's no there's no timeless nature to that at all absolutely but then with the podcast i was like fuck i could definitely write about like this whole thing so like after i think um we've done 107 episodes but 
they haven't all been like chapters of the podcast there's mm. like little recaps here and fucking random sort of shit that we've done live events and stuff yeah but when we do a hundred episodes of the podcast i'm gonna do the books called gypsy tales zero to 100 sick so and it's all gonna be about um like everything's sort of around like fitting it all in and like it'll yeah. be like descriptions of each podcast and then the the big ones about like big influences on my life like the story will sort of get told with it but like yeah that that process then for like hearing you say like pitbull type beat and then it's like the the concept behind it and then the way that you can take it from that kind of idea of like damn this is like a concept yeah and then to craft that into a song like i admire that shit oh, i, I think i think it's so fucking cool when that process happens so like once you had that idea like how do you then like what is your process to like get that to a song well dude the the crate it gets more full circle so i had a session in sydney the week after and the session was with maxwell who is now like one in my production team yeah it was the first time i ever met him max is my favorite producer maybe ever it's like for me it's like is he the dude that does kanye shit no he does um title sign j cole yeah okay um but for me it's like Dr. Dre, Kanye West, Maxwell. He's yep. like my top three. Yeah. And Max has this album called Beats Volume 1. Mm-hmm. And it's just all these crazy like G-Funk instrumentals. It's like a whole out. You'd you'd fuck with it so hard. It's yeah, amazing. See. And I would play... What's it called? Uh, Beats Volume 1 by Maxwell. And his, his Is name's, it on Spotify? Yeah, yeah. And his artist name's M-X-X-W-L-L. Uh, and... Um, I'm just going to save that before I forget. <laughs> yeah, bro. And... Um, so I, when I worked at the hotel, I used to play Beats Volume One, just on like loop and write raps to it. Really? Yeah, I wrote albums. I wondered how that works. Like when you, when you're writing a like, is there a structure to, to writing a song, or like, is there like a formula that you sort of is like a? Obviously, you don't want to just follow a generic formula but is there a formula that gets you started with a song yeah so how does that work so there is a formula and there's a way that you're meant to write a song like then there's like there's meant to be like an algorithm uh, algorithm essentially that like pharrell williams would use where you start with your concept has got to be the first thing yeah and and uh, you got to treat the concept like an argument and the chorus has got to be the argument and then your verses are essentially for and against the argument and then the bridge which is the third section of the song where the key changes is meant to be like the collision of the two the arguments the, the for and yeah, against yeah that's how you're meant to write a song yeah and that's how traditional pop songs since dion and the belmonts bill haley and the comets chuck berry if you if you look at the fundamentals of their tracks that's essentially what's going on is you know like johnny be good is yeah is um you know four first one against verse two first three is the culmination the cumulation of the of the chorus uh i don't write songs like that you meant to i don't um i will hear the beat or i'll work on the beat and it's like completely instinctive yeah like i'll just go like i'll hear a beat and i'll just like come up with a melody like record the melody and then uh come up with lyrics around that melody yeah but then get the concept off the melody yeah okay so like and get concept and key and like his shit i i write songs the incorrect way yeah okay but i mean 
that whole process though still is super fucking cool like regardless of yeah how you how you do it you know and i yeah. think that the people that um like i think it's rad to like not follow that sort of standard totally standard yeah. formula because i think that's where like super special shit does actually come out you know yeah I like, I like to think i've got like some i've got a song called the fire that's coming out next year which is like the most untraditional song formula ever it's a verse a really long verse an instrumental bridge a huge chorus and then an, a huge completely mastered on a different channel outro yeah right and that that's the that's the song structure it's like it's a really weird structure so it's, it's a really unusual arrangement but when you hear it it feels like it's like it's it, that's a structure you'd use for a film yeah and it, it's like a it, it's a growth in yeah. the in the sonic and it makes sense in a movie and so we try to make it a song and it fucking worked and it's so it's i'll show you after it's fucking crazy good but it shouldn't be yeah everything in, in popular music says that shouldn't work because uh chorus is the most important part of pop music yeah and rap is pop music now because it's popular yeah um every every rap is so chorus driven at the moment gucci gang gucci gang gucci gang yeah like, Hook. Gypsy gang, gypsy gang, gypsy gang. <laughs> um, chorus is the most important part, and the song essentially doesn't have a chorus. Yeah, and J Cole does that a lot. I don't know if you know J Cole's dude. Shit. Fucking love that dude at the moment. You yeah. know who else I'm frothing so hard right now is who? Mac Miller. Oh, dude, Mac Miller is so, so damn dude. Yeah, for for me, Mac Miller's like is is an undeniable legend. Yeah, um, I wish I... That's, like, one of those guys where, like... Like, you can listen to people's music and not really care to, like, know that person. Mm. Mac Miller's one of those guys where I'm like, I really want to fucking know that guy. Like, I'm yeah. sad I didn't know him. Yeah. Which is, like... That's pretty crazy to get across in... In music. In music, don't you think? Yeah, dude. When Mac Miller died, it took me, like, three or four months to kind of just, like, believe that. Yeah. Because I was such a... As a dude I've been following since, like, 2009. Yeah. And... Like, I was, I've watched this guy. I remember when Kids' his first mixtape came out. I was like, this is crazy. And then, like, he had just the projects. And then he did he did this mixtape called Macadelic. Yeah. Um, which is, like, so ahead of its time. And he had a, he had another mixtape called Faces, which, like, kind of brought them, like, a jazz element into yeah. his music, which then went on to stay. Yeah. I remember when Faces came out, I was like, okay, this... Because... Sometimes when you see someone's evolution in front of you, it's hard to get it displaced from where you first saw it. Mm. I remember the first time I heard Travis Scott was when he put out Al Farrow, which is his first mixtape. Mm. And when he started expanding his sound, I was like, I kind of like Al Farrow, which is what most people like. The, yeah. the like, yeah. like when the Strokes were doing their second album, I was like, this isn't the first record. I, I like the first record and Arctic yeah. Monkeys and shit. Or um, with Mac Miller, when he did Faces, I was like, this feels like it's the this first record better, again. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like a, the artist has grown. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar did the same thing when Good Kid came out. I was like, the artist has grown. Oh, and then to Pimp Butterfly, was a fucking yeah. album, bro. dude. Every to me, I think Kendrick is the best new artist of this decade. Yeah, I like to Pimp Butterfly, um, Good Kid Damn, Untold or Unmastered, bro. Yeah, like. He's F fucking wild. He's like full genius shit. Yeah, like it, it's he's one of my biggest influences. Yeah, for sure. Well, dude, then you love D Smoke. 
Oh, well, yeah. I'll have to check it out. Dude, you fucking... You legit have to check it out. Like it's He's fucking, like Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, big time. Dude, I'll just play it for you. Right? Yeah, please. I'm pr- that was one of his uh, raps that he wrote for the show. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, gnarly, eh? Oh, it's very Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And he's from Inglewood. So it's like oh. Inglewood and Compton. So uh-huh. like you can see like because obviously Kendrick's from Compton yeah and hit, hit this dude's from Inglewood yeah so you can like see it you know yeah dude I love Inglewood dude, like it's cool huh d- have you you been to Randy's Donuts yeah fire crazy eh? Max uh, Maxwell lived in Inglewood really and his studio was in Inglewood yeah and I, I remember because I'd never been there before I just knew it from Schoolboy Q's music yeah so I was like what's this place gonna be like <laughs> it's like Schoolboy Q paints a paints a rough picture of it. And I bet it's fucking wild as shit. It just depends like, the sections, you the go sections to, yeah. you're in. But yeah, when I was, I was really blown away. Like everyone was really nice. Like mm. we would go out the street, people were like, "What's going on?" Dude, that's like Atlanta is one of my favorite places on the planet. Yeah, I, I really want to go there, dude. It's so fucking cool. Like the people are so fucking nice. Like yeah. the whole southern hospitality thing is like dude. as real as it gets. I was in New Orleans in yep. March for Mardi Gras. Yeah, right. So I did a, I did a photo shoot with my uh with jory lee cordy who's my favorite photographer of all time Dude, that's you, know, so pe- you know people like terry richardson or whatever uh like jory is my number one yeah all-time favorite photographer like such a fan couldn't believe that he wanted to do the shoot i flew to new orleans to do a shoot with this guy and how did that come up uh he had shot the griswolds before oh ah. so dan my producer knew jory you know when you go on Instagram you like look at who people are following yes I was like why does Jory follow Dan yeah I was like Dan how do you do you know Jory Lee Cordy he's like yeah dude that's like that's the boy she shot us before I was like link it up and and so he sent Jory the music Jory was like this is sick fuck yeah flew out to New Orleans did this crazy shoot during Mardi Gras and um yeah bro it was that's all the press photos that have been used on me this year uh, all, it was all through him Jory yeah. Lee Cordy dude um the guy that's just there Wade is like a fucking amazing photographer oh sick like dude. really 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 cool photographer but he doesn't do like any you wouldn't know his shit from anywhere you know like but he's super cool it'd be fun to like do something with you dude to do I've, I've run out of photos from that shoot with Jory we should do something with Wade dude yeah I'd love to do say any help promote like this this yeah, podcast or whatever with you that'd be fucking sick because we got a studio just down the road that we use no shit yeah yeah dude I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for working with anyone that is doing cool shit yeah like I love that shit like it's, anyone like this this is the coolest shit right now there's no one that has this like what, you, what you've got cool. here and the setup and the legitness of the whole thing this is this, and that's why I was really drawn to when I, when I watched Kidjo on the show yeah I was like this is like, this is legit as fuck and then I saw um I watched uh, what, what's what's Pink's husband's name? Oh, Kerry. Watch that. Yeah, yeah. Sick. He because he does motocross. Yeah, yeah, he does motocross. Yeah, yeah. yeah, old school. He's the first dude to ever backflip a dirt bike. No shit, really. Yeah. That's legit as fuck. Nineteen ninety nine. Holy fuck. Changed the world. Ha- can you do that? Fuck no. Nah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> backflipping that shit. <laughs> That's crazy. Is what is he super light or is he what's is he super strong? How do you how do you backflip a bike? No, it's just like he he would like everyone does it nowadays. Like yeah. a, a lot of people are doing triple backflips now. People are doing triple backflips. But it was like a four minute mile back then. Wow. You know, it was like it was impossible. People were like it was so cra- dude, a backflip and a dirt bike was like Y two K. 
<laughs> yeah. When right. everyone was like, dude, when you go upside down, it'll fucking, the motor will cut out and like all this crazy, like people just had the fucking craziest ideas of like what, what would happen. Have, oh, and like back then there was no, nowadays, so what happens is like people have this big foam pit so then they jump and they do their back foot and they land in foam. Like you don't have to do it just straight up dirt to dirt. Yeah. But he was the first motherfucker that yeah. just like sacked up no foam pits and just hucked one. What so, a G. Yeah. Full G bro. Like he is a legit. It's crazy that he's with pink. Like you, you think about like destiny's child fucking pink soundtrack days. Like mm. she was massive. Yeah. And he was the guy that she was fucking yeah. like, swooning over you know crazy like you gotta be a fucking gangster totally to grab pink in yeah. those in that in, the, in her prime in those days you know yeah so um but yeah he's like he's a fucking legit yeah. super legit dude one of the nicest guys ever too man i like i i only know him through pink's music i'm not a pink fan by any means but um he just seems like a G. He seems like a stand-up guy yeah no and he, he, he fucking really is i love hearing when people are good people yep the amount of times, especially in music, when you hear like, oh, I was in the studio with X artists and they yeah. fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, it's, I like, when, when I hear that someone who, because a lot of people also put up a front that they're like really great people and then yeah. they might not be behind closed doors. Yeah. Dude, I hung out with um, Ty Tuovasa, the UFC fighter yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, yeah, like two weeks ago and could not have been a nicer guy. Yeah, he's a fucking legend. Like, I, because I, I watch all of his fights. I'm yeah. like a fan of his. Are you a UFC guy? Dude. Oh, yeah. that's sick. I'm more, Why are you boxing now? Yeah, I'm more of a boxing guy. Like the um, like Wild, uh, uh, the Wilder fight yesterday. Dude. Was crazy. How fucking gnarly is that, dude? Dude, he, he's the best. He's my favorite. He is, like, I don't think anyone has ever punched anyone as hard as he has fucking punched people. It's, he's, he's got like fucking bazooka hands dude it's crazy he's crazy dude. that he's because he's fighting um fury in february yes that's gonna be stupid that's gonna be crazy how the fuck did fury get up from that last time dude. like he legit got baptized and just got straight back raised yeah. from the dead dude. dude like my favorite fighters right now wilder and fury yeah so them coming together it's just like I'm amped. I wish that they made the fucking Joshua thing happen like way before because now like Ruiz mm. knocked him out or not yeah. knocked him out but Ruiz beat him so it's like yeah well no Ruiz did knock him out didn't he? What the other day? At, uh, when Joshua lost the title did Ruiz knock him out or did they I just I don't even catch it I can't remember oh well yeah I wish I just wish they did the Deontay Wilder Anthony Joshua like that's just like two superhumans getting in and fighting but like yeah. they fucked that up because yeah. he wanted to fight Ruiz and lost yeah dude like there's something just about bo fighting mm. boxing like ufc boxing like any mma i just like watch that shit all day well it's just primal dude like there's a there's just a thing in us like we can recognize that like yeah there's no you don't need to fucking know all the rules you don't need to know mm. anything about the the game because yeah. it's, it's not a fucking game it's yeah. a fight like, it's two dudes just hitting each other it's it is like it's the most timeless entertainment it's, yeah. it's the og that is TV. the original yeah that's <laughs> the original entertainment and yeah. then everything kind of branched off from there yeah like it, you'll never lose that shit it it works all the time there's there's literally i've there's fights that i've watched where i'm like oh it's a bit slow but mm. even the worst fight is better than like I would I'll watch and this is gonna be I'm gonna lose fans I'll watch a shit fight over a good game of cricket 
any day of the week. Fuck those fans. If they, <laughs> if you just lost those fans, fuck those fans. Dude, I, I have this thing, again, going to lose fans. I feel like if you can check your phone when you're playing the game, it's not a sport. Mm. <laughs> like it's, and I, I totally get like fast bowling's crazy and shit. But like for me as a sports fan, I just can't watch cricket you get like yeah you can like respect i the respect talent the shit out of it. oh yeah. dude like yeah i i'm the same with like so much yeah i like afl i can respect the fuck out of that oh, i dude. don't want to watch it dude you know oh man i had um shout out to mitch robinson who's coming on the show he's one of the best <laughs> afl players oh, in the dude. country <laughs> shout out to uh my boy tom derricks from the city swans man he's he's the most stand-up guy in the world but, but i'm not watching afl but he he could give me fucking oval side is that what you call oval side seats yeah oval <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he could put me in the center of the field and i'd still be like dude i, I like it's gonna be hard to watch I, i've tried to watch it and i've watched it with people that know the rules and explain mm. the rules to me and it's the same as hilltop hoods when i came here i was just, it was too foreign yeah yeah came in i was like nah dude i'm just gonna stick to rugby and boxing like i'm <laughs> i know my shit <laughs> <laughs> um so we got, got sidetracked with the maxwell thing yeah so yeah so you started like so you're writing songs based on that maxwell album yeah and then so like how did that process then to like actually be working with him so um max is like good friends with uh dutch duke one of my producers um and then he knew that i was writing music to beats and then so he's just like let's just have a session and make something from scratch so i went from two weeks prior writing music to max's album to writing music with max and then telling a story about the hotel that i worked at when i was writing music to max's music it was cool it just it just came to fruition it came full circle yeah dude and i find a lot of shit with me comes full circle i got i got asked to leave uni the i was, I was in the queensland conservatorium of music really and they for bass no shit bass yeah. guitar bass guitar yeah wow and um they asked me to leave because i was a shit shit like the worst student but then <laughs> but why do the worst students make the best artists i, I don't know it's it's a it's i think the best artists have like a a lack of uh not respect but a lack of care for authority mm-hmm. so having like someone tell me to do shit i've just never i've just been bad at it i don't mm. know why i i have all the inclination in the world to help people mm. so if someone needs help fuck yeah i'm there but if someone's like hey do this i'm like fuck that guy yeah i'm right there with you yeah i'd honestly rather have a thousand people listen to a podcast that i want to do yeah than a hundred thousand people listen to a podcast that i don't want to do or that someone you know what i mean yeah. someone told right. me what to do so this is the realest shit anyone ever fucking said because <laughs> that is just facts i i i had this argument with dan my producer who i fucking love and i'll fucking take a bullet for this fucking guy but we had an argument you're allowed to have arguments with your friends and your collaborators he was like, we can't keep doing arty shit like Pitbull type beat. We have to do a trap song. We have to do something for the radio. And I was like, I would rather have a niche audience fuck with arty shit mm. than have a huge audience fuck with something that I fucking hate. Mm. Like, I, I don't want to make music that I don't listen to. Mm-hmm. And I'm making music. I make the shit that I just fucking like. Yeah. Which is why we did the new song. Because I'm like, I, I like fucking Sticky Fingers. I'll, I like Ocean Alien shit. I'll, I want to make some shit like them. Yeah. And I like those guys more than I like Lil Pump. Yeah. But they wanted me to do some Lil Pump shit. Yeah. So like, we, they're like, we, we can just put it. It's so easy. We can just throw it in a rap caviar. Yeah. Get, you know, get you the bag. 
get a million streams and put it on No Jumper World Star. Yeah. I was like, but I don't want that. Yeah. I'm like, not. I'd rather be on those platforms for being me. Yeah. Than doing a shitty impression. Mm. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, I think that. But I think that the irony in it is that the people that are bold enough and brave enough to like to stick to that way of thinking that people come around to that way of thinking because like cut through i always looked at um have you ever heard of the band issues no so there we did like a bunch of stuff for them um like a few years ago we like went on tour with them sleeping Mm -hmm. with sirens bring them the horizon like that whole that whole world and um it was so crazy like they're fucking um one of their songs or like all their songs were just like so fucking weirdly like just it was like chaotic yeah like they had these like crazy fucking um like it was like super heavy with like these weird break beats tyler yeah. had like a a full r&b like uh super high-pitched voice then they had a dude screaming like yeah. it's just such a crazy mix of it but it's like that shit shouldn't work but it does but it was number nine on the billboard 200 for their debut album yeah so it's like the people that have the courage to like do that shit it's like people i always tell people like when people ask about the podcast they're like oh man like it's crazy you got so many people that listen to it and blah 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 like how do you know what people want i'm like i don't give a fuck what people want (laughs) yeah like but it's the honest truth yeah i love every single person that listens to this podcast i appreciate the fuck out of every single person Uh but i don't care what they want yeah like I want them to like enjoy what we're doing like because it's genuine yeah and it's like I I mean I guess I do I care that they like what we're doing yeah but it's like I can't do anything other than this so I just (laughs) hope that they like what we do and I just don't like I don't think people knew that they wanted to listen to Gypsy Tales yeah they did and now they now they do so it's like if they didn't know (laughs) yeah that they even wanted this at the start what makes what makes me think that they would continue to know like people don't people don't know what they want exactly you've got to like show people and you've got to be courageous enough in my opinion to show people and the one thing that i would always say around the the band like we did this documentary with them and i was like you guys are connoisseurs of cool Mm, like look at kanye west man yeah kanye west was like laughed at when he was you know fucking pink pole on the backpack yeah i hated him and it's like he was laughed at and it's like that motherfucker changed everything like he really did it went from the full baggy pants and the fucking super oversized tee with the boxes hanging out to gucci everything fendi everything like yeah he fucking literally changed everything like why he was a connoisseur of cool he was like no this is cool as fuck and i don't care what everybody else thinks so it's like there is a certain there is a a certain level that like anybody that really makes it and like Linkin Park they're my favourite band of all time Mm -hmm. they they told Mike Shinoda please don't rap just play the keyboard biggest fucking rock band arguably of all time tied the Beatles for the most consecutive number one albums Mm mhm they told them not to fucking do what they were doing. Yeah, uh, and then they're like, "Fuck that." And yeah, and I was probably like, "Dude, this guy needs to shut the fuck up. He doesn't know anything <laughs> about music. What a fucking idiot, <laughs> dude." But it's true because their authenticity will break through. Yeah, real shit triumphs fake shit. Mm-hmm. But you, and you can get fake shit fucking hype as fuck for like a minute. You can mm-hmm. get a you can get a hot trend going. There's if you look at it, like um. Look at fucking Teo Cruz. Mm. Remember Teo Cruz? Yeah, barely. Where, where the fuck's Teo Cruz? <laughs> yeah. Couldn't tell you what his song is. There's a flash in the pan because there was a moment in time where that... Was on trend. Where Yes yeah, 7 Disco music was the fucking... 
hot as shit. Yeah. Where people are like, we just want fucking sense that like phase in and out real quick. Yeah. With a big sexy chorus. Yeah. And people wanted that for a minute and then he just supply and demand. Yeah. But it wasn't real because it doesn't cut through because when he starts doing his own thing, when he starts like being like breaking out the piano ballads, like his, his OG shit, it doesn't work because people have gone like, you already, you already gave us this. Yeah. People don't know what they want. And so like, and that's why I just don't want to drop out like some real fake shit and then try and revert back to my, myself. Yeah. And be like, Hey, this is actually me. Come fuck with me. Yeah. And because that's what he did. And Dude, you know, who's like a crazy example of that is Miguel. Yeah, dude, Miguel's... When he first came out, you could see he was trying so hard to, like, fit, fit in, in with, yeah. like, the thing. Like, we watched... Um, we put on all his shit, uh, like, just on, like, a YouTube playlist at home the other day, cleaning the house. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking Miguel? Yeah. Like, this is disgusting. Where the fuck is Skywalking right now? Like, I want that dude. He and was you trash. could see that he was, like, almost like this industry guy that got like told like yeah dude you got crazy talent like this is what you're gonna do these are the mm-hmm. producers we're gonna hook you up with but yeah. like you could see none of it was him and then as soon as he becomes actually miguel sickest motherfucker out there totally did you ever see miguel on that uh like a hbo show in the early 2000s nah. there was this there's this show with a uh there was like a this band like a, a boy girl band yeah of all singers they want to do like an sync, but like the black and sync black and sync with guys and girls yeah right and and they were auditioning for like the fifth member and they did a whole show around it and miguel was like the audition was auditioning for it yeah and he had the same voice but people didn't fuck with it at all yo hang on sorry bro no what's up dude Get in here. Get in here. Yeah, this door's shut. We're doing that. I need the on-air side. Yeah, I was going to say, on-air side would be fire. Yeah, that's next. Next in the works. That's all right, bro. Nah, dude, that's cool. Our, um, our buddy... Do you know Toby Price? No. Oh, he's uh he's like the Aussie dude that won like the Dakar rally. Oh, sick. Yeah, so anyway, my brother manages him. He's like one of our boys. But he did this race called the Baja 1000 in Mexico. And yep. I, like Wade said, I think he might have just won it. So he got Crazy. second unofficially. But he just said that like the dude that won might have missed a checkpoint. So No shit. It's like the biggest off-road race in the world. That's <laughs> great. Fucking, that's a, fucking epic. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, so Miguel, anyway. Miguel, yeah. So auditioning. Miguel auditioned for a show. Uh, and they it, it's probably still on YouTube. They just roasted him. They're like, this dude, fucking, he, he just doesn't have it. He's, he's, and like, everyone that's saying this is now, like, f- because they were like hot at the time. Yeah. And he was like, just nobody. And they were all like, nah, like, he, he, like, the vocal runs, we don't get it. Like, he's like, and like, all like the shit that was like Miguel's signature style now. Yeah. He was bringing to the table then, and they were shitting on it. Yeah. So I think what's happened was he's done this show. And he's gone, maybe the shit I'm doing isn't that great. Yeah. It's been picked up off that show. They've gone like, the shit you're doing is not that great, but you've got a good voice. We're going to yeah. mold that. And so they've molded it and it's, he's broken the market with it, but people aren't connecting it's with it. It's not genuine. Yeah. yeah, it's not real. And the second he's like, fuck this, I'm me. Yeah. People are like, this dude is the greatest. And it just took time. Yeah. That's another thing as well. There's so much shit that is too ahead of its time. Yes. And I'm so glad that people fucked with Kanye because I feel like if he did 808 and Heartbreaks like 10 years earlier 
people wouldn't have fucked with it. Yeah. Dark, Dark Switch Fantasy, they, people wouldn't have got it. Kanye West is like right place, right time every time. Yeah. I feel like he's just far enough ahead. Yeah. Every time because like, yeah. I feel like his shit's always met with a little bit of like, what the fuck? Every but time. But it's like, <laughs> it's like close enough. Yeah. To where like, he's never, he's never too far ahead, but he's always ahead. Every Kanye album, people say we want the old Kanye. Yeah. Every time. I remember when Graduation came out and people were like, this is sick, but like we fucked with the chipmunk samples and college dropout. We were like, yeah. the, we like the horns. And then when 808s came out, he's like, why the fuck is there no rapping in this album? And then Doctor's Fantasy came out. Hey, we like the auditorium rapping. Yeah. It, it's every, every fucking, every time Kanye puts out an album and I see all this shit, I'm like, people, like, it's like, surely people haven't picked up the pattern yet that every yeah. Kanye album, people want the last album. Yeah and because uh, it's because every time he does an album that's like creates like a new pop wave yes if, if people are like oh this is now pop so we're gonna make music like that yeah so then people get used to the sound and may and because the because the contemporaries around him are so derivative of the album he's put out the the more that becomes pop sound the better his album sounds exactly so his albums that's why they age so well because they're they're able to follow the trend till he does another album then that becomes a new pop sound that makes a lot of sense i haven't thought of it like that dude michael jackson did the same thing in the 70s and 80s really the exact same thing and uh dude you've kind of like connected some dots to me that's (laughs) fucking cool yeah Yeah, bro uh who else did it the beach boys did it um the beach boys did it and the beatles did it but the Beatles got way more recognition for it. Mm. If you look at like a timeline of the beat, and I'm like, Beatles are like one of my favorite bands of all time. So are the Beach Boys. But if you look at the Beach Boys would do a record, the Beatles do a similar record. But like every time the Beatles experimented, the Beach Boys' last record was a similarly experimental. Mm. But the Beatles executed it better. Mm. It's almost like the Beach Boys took the three pointer. And it rebounded, and then the Beatles caught it and finished the shot. Yeah, yeah. But they're yeah. like, "Oh, we saw what you were trying to do there." Yeah. And that's why, Just like, for the assist, totally. And the Beach Boys, I think the Beach Boys get the assist on every Beatles album. Mm. And 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 I didn't know this until someone told me this recently, because I've just been a fan, but I've never. And when when you look at music from the past, you quite often don't listen to it chronologically. Mm. Like you don't. If you're like, I'm going to dive into the Beatles, you don't listen to with the Beatles. Yeah. You don't go, th- and you don't listen to fucking like California Girl, like straight up. You don't go to yep. the first shit first. You go to most popular shit. So if you dive into the Beatles, you're going to first shit you're going to hear is probably going to be Sgt. Peppers or Abbey Road. Yes. And Which that's, is like super down the road for like, in terms of their development. Totally. And, uh, because you're, because you're starting on the most popular shit, which totally makes sense that you start with the most popular shit. That's where Spotify fucks shit up. Yeah, they do because it's like most popular. Like, and I do it all the time. I play like that top three. I'm like, fuck, this isn't like this isn't like a real reflection of like where you should start listening to their music. And people's most popular music isn't necessarily their best music. Their best music by Mm -hmm. any means. It's just the shit that's most accessible. Yeah, for the everyday person. Yeah. Uh, like, have you listened to uh, Run the Jewels? Yes. So, like, I love Run the Jewels. Fuck yeah! But their most popular shit is without a doubt their worst shit yeah but the album cuts from the jewels are crazy good yeah and like i'll play that to people and people are like this is cool but then you play like legend has it which is a great song yeah but people are like this is the one but it's like no no the other that's just like, the one that's been played yeah, yeah. this one that you know yeah. <laughs> like the other shit is fire danny brown's a good example of that fuck i love that dude like danny brown to me is like top 20 of all time yeah like the dude is a fucking undeniable legend yes and and uh, controversial gonna lose fans again in my opinion the best rapper out of Detroit my favourite one I know but Eminem, Eminem like, obviously yeah, but, but like I, I think I, I think I like Danny Rounds 
music and this is and this is another thing when i compare artists i compare them at when they're at the same same point of their career yeah so like i can't compare kendrick and kanye but i'll compare kendrick and kanye because kendrick's four albums in I, I look at kanye four albums in yeah okay so i look at eminem three albums in danny brown's only three albums in uh, i go like danny brown to, yeah, I, and you put it like that yeah i'm like i like danny brown's first three records more than i like eminem's first three records mm. i understand eminem's an undeniable legend one of the greatest rappers of all time because he's got a huge extensive discography but if you condense it to where danny brown's at i like danny brown's music more yeah i do that with bands a lot as well yeah um and people you know it creates controversial opinions like me just saying that it's cool though right yeah it's I, like cool conversation i feel like it's a i feel like it's a good way to out because it's it, because years outweigh each other yeah like a dude that's been in the game 20 30 years has to be a superior artist in some ways well you look at like stand-ups are really good Mm, like, because I feel like that's something you have to just like age into totally like you can you can have like crazy talent and there can be like hits in that but it's like you see a dude like a like a Chappelle yeah or a Chris Rock or and it's like you just you can just feel the fucking age that's in those guys yeah know? dude and that's such and like Chappelle's uh, one of my favorite comedians of all time but I like Anthony Jeselnik's last special more mm. than I like Chappelle's Last, last special, special yeah so i bet but with comedy comedy is like sport like you know how they say you're only as good as your last game yeah it doesn't work like that with comedy because chappelle's got this whole legacy behind him same with yeah. music yeah but right at this point in time my favorite comedian right now like just right now in the moment probably justin nickel theo vaughn yeah and just that's just going did you see theo when he was in brizzy dude i was in la when he was Fuck. here my boy karen was opening for him really yeah huh. and um kidgel's mate as well yeah i think you guys talked about it on the show in he opened for him in uh brizzy uh i think he opened for him in sydney yeah i was gonna say i i only uh that's how i met dusty rich because he was only for theo because he opened for theo and i was like dude he crushed like so and i was like who the fuck is this guy like (laughs) he was unbelievable and uh, and because like theo's so theo like so unique so eccentric Mm. so weird and dusty has his own element of that yeah where he's just like fucking batshit crazy and just like how how the fuck do you do this like where does that come (laughs) from you know i I love i love when there's a dude that's like batshit crazy and then you you see them you go how did you book the show like there's there's like uh, there's so much with music like i see like this crazy artist guy i'm like who's playing like a huge like opening for a huge act i'm like either you're f- crazy and you've got a good team or you can act crazy but you, you can, can act crazy off, yeah, yeah you, you, you're business minded yeah and um when when i see guys i'm like you have to be one of the two yeah because if you're really crazy like i know people that are really crazy they don't play shows because they're fucking crazy because they yeah. can't book a show yeah because yep. they're, they're too and and because I, I i my my girlfriend's a painter yeah okay so I hang out with artists all the time yeah like art painters all the time yeah and I see that because I'm like that's the, him he's yeah. just like he's, he's so fucking talented it's like you do an exhibition it'll kill it but he could never do an exhibition he's off the wall kind of yeah you're just like he's just not he's just not that dude he'd yeah. need like a full time like manager sort of dude to just like push him to yeah like literally hold a gun to his head to fucking totally do enough paintings to fill an exhibition and it'd kill yeah but it's like it just yeah it's just probably not gonna happen eh i thought i was into artist management for a bit oh you thought that's something you were gonna do and then i was managing myself and i was like fuck this like <laughs> dealing with a dude that's not me yeah i know like it, it's the and i my hat goes off to good artist management yeah because like it fuck must you gotta be patient 
must be an unrewarding job like 20 percent when you when if if you if it's an act that you're doing everything for and you're getting like that small of a cut must fucking suck mm. imagine dealing with bands like i used to oh, look at yeah. the like we shot the doco with issues and it was like these guys were so different and it was just these conflicting opinions constantly i was just like fuck dealing with this dude how the fuck do the rolling stones still play and not kill each other yeah no way it must be impossible my uh, buddy sam went and saw the stones play in la and said it was like the fucking best shit he's ever seen it, it would was be. like 900 dollars a ticket he's like it was worth every cent dude they would you would be really alarmed if they weren't the tightest band in the world yeah true because eh? they've played they've together played for 50 years they've done some reps <laughs> yeah like they are uh, have you ever seen d'angelo live no Do you know d'angelo no. um d'angelo is like this neo soul artist from the 90s but he's had the same band since the 90s they're called the vanguard yeah right and dude like just you would think they've played for 60 years together yeah just the tightness of their band is through the fucking roof good that's a show I'd pay $900 for yeah, and the right. Stones as well like I, I went and saw Paul McCartney when he came last and it was sick because he was like that's Paul McCartney but it's like oh, it's not like prime time Paul McCartney yeah, you know what I mean like I'm yeah. not I'm, not, I'm getting the, I'm getting the goods I'm getting to see it but it's it, I guess it'd be like um, hooking up with like Shelley Duvall from The Shining yeah. like now yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> or like playing like in a pickup game with LeBron or like yeah. watching LeBron play like a game at LA Fitness yeah it's like you're still seeing LeBron you're still yeah yeah like you, but it ain't game six yeah and it's he's not at the heat anymore like you you, yeah. you, you can't see him lay up for fucking uh, Wade or any shit like that like yeah. it, like you, you but again in the flesh but you're still seeing LeBron and I would and I was so stoked to see Paul McCartney but man seeing Paul McCartney like 40 years ago would have been fucking crazy yeah. crazy crazy good still good to see legends though dude the the whole thing that you were saying before about like just the um oh actually before i forget you know what we we're talking about like shit just going in and out of style yeah you know what that's fucking happening with like just people in general now like mm. where the fuck is Gigi hadid <laughs> yeah when was the last time you saw a photo of Gigi hadid yeah totally i i don't i don't two years ago yeah well, it was only fucking Gigi Hadid and then every look that like every other influencer chick looked like Gigi Hadid so it's like it's crazy that those trends are coming so fast and like it's now people it's fucking like yeah. it's looks and when I lived in in um, West Hollywood I'd like be on Fairfax and La Brea having breakfast and mm-hmm. it's like you could literally watch fashion emerge and yeah. just like come and go and come and go and come and go but I just I thought yeah, when we were talking about that before, it's like even I had that thought the other day. I was like, "Where the fuck did Gigi did go?" <laughs> like she was ev- literally everywhere, yeah. and it's like now she's fucking nowhere. Dude. So it's like even people's look is, is becoming, evolving. you know, is becoming like this fucking very short time period commodity. Every single thing is a trend. Mm. Like every foods. Remember when the acai bowl was the hottest shit in the yeah, game? For real, <laughs> everyone was like, "Gotta get that acai." Yeah. Now people are like, oh, I gotta get that fucking smashed avo, smashed avo. Yeah, what like everything's a trend. Everything's an Instagram thing, dude. There's a place called the uh, Pavilion in Burley. Yeah, you've been yeah, there. Yeah, dude, they've got a drink there that is a slushy machine that they put rose in it, and they call it a froze. <sighs> and I was like, and yeah, I, everything's a meme. Everything's a meme. And girls boomerang them tapping the froze glasses there with the view of of the Gold Coast, right? And I was like, oh yeah. That looks like a bit of fun. 
I went to go get one of these Frosés to see what the whole hype was. Yeah. Dude, they were trying to charge me $14 for a champagne glass with ice in it. Yeah, that's fucked up. They're, like, after the after the thing's been in the slushy, that much rosé. Yeah. That much ice. That's the glass. Yeah. $14. Girls are paying $14 for a boomerang. You're, yeah, you're buying a meme. Like, yeah. that's all you're doing, eh? So dumb. It's crazy, eh? But that's the, that's the hot thing right now. Yeah, that that it's funny when you hang around dudes like like Luke Kidgel and then or you watch Adam Twenty Two. Yeah, and I watch the way that he talks about shit. Like he's so deep in the scene, and it's like, oh, this is a meme. This is a meme. This yeah. is a meme. And uh, I was reading the, this book, Sapiens. Yeah, who who wrote uh, that? Noah Val. Okay, I'll, I'll send you a link. Yeah, to yeah it. it's, fuck, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but it's like a it's got a brief history of humankind. So okay. it literally, like, it literally follows um, all of humanity from, like, Homo sapiens to... I've heard the, of this. Yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. way through. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, there was a chapter where it was talking about mem- memetics, and it right. was, like, a so like a social and cultural trend. So that's the ter- where, the, where the term meme comes from, right. is memetics. Really? So it's it goes so far back, but now, like, the whole, like like we've always had memes mm. but it's now it's like instagram is just, it's just like filtered in mm. to now it's like the peak of memes is like twitter and instagram yeah but memetics is like that's like a social cultural study but oh. now it fits in a fucking now it fits in a post so it's crazy that, and then that's you, crazy yeah and you watch it and like now i think of things in terms of like it's a meme and we were talking one of my buddies last night because i do jujitsu yeah okay sick and so there's a term in jiu-jitsu called pohada mm-hmm. and it means it's brazilian for basically everyday war okay so it's like when you're sick. like hardcore in the fucking grind it's pohada so like sick. i post every time i go to the gym i post like a super serious photo of me like sweating and like beat up fucking black eye blood nose and shit and yeah. i just say pohada and it's like it's a meme that's a meme it's just a fucking douchey meme and it's like (laughs) and the fun the fun of it so one of the boys uh, like one of my tightest mates last night was telling me he's like oh Ty Ty was saying like why does Joe say poor heart like because you look like a fuckwit like when you you know what I mean because it's like I'm not going I'm not there every day at the moment Yeah. so it's like but I said that's the fucking meme like mm. it's a I'm just memeing yeah because Pohada is like a cultural reference totally so it's so crazy and then like to watch the whole meme thing just translate into everything like little pumps are fucking meme everything meme. he does is a meme like yeah. the way that he will the like his tweets back and forth with J. Cole yeah meme yeah everything he does is is for a man it's, it's like awful the meme it's like punking culture like it's fucking bizarre to watch it happen it's so great do you reckon and I, I have I have a, I have a feeling if our whole society just stopped existing and uh, uh, and the do- your dog's freaking out because I'm about to say some real shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. If our whole society just stopped, ceased to exist and then was later like rediscovered, do you think they would look at memes the same way we look at like hieroglyphics from Egyptians and they'll think like emojis mm. and memes were how we communicated? Yeah, because they, they, they would be like a part of it because that's yeah. the crazy thing with the meme is like, it can communicate such a fucking deep message. Yeah, they're, in like in one tiny square. They're they're profound. Yeah, they're they're deep. And uh, I I think like because you because we you know we look at memes every day, every day looking at at variations or something. It's and it's all embedded in humor. Mm. But there's so many messaging. Yeah, 
in that cultural humor. undertones. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting time to be a consumer. Yeah, and it, it do you're fucking you're so right, and it's so different. It's very different. I, I was thinking this earlier. Um, you know how like back in the day you'd have like Johnny Carson was like hosting Daily like, Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like the host. People would go home, they'd watch the show as consumers. Yeah, and that would be that's a wrap. But now everybody is a Johnny Carson. Yeah, 100%. Every single person has their own show and everyone's the biggest fan of themselves. Yes. Because you are creating your own show. Yeah. Every day. Every day you've got a story. That's an ad for the feed. Mm-hmm. Don't forget me. I got feed coming soon. Every single person's a creator. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think people are liking shitter things because... It's people, more relatable. More relatable. People like... People would rather listen to a song and go, I could make that. Because mm. they, cause it used to be, I could make that, that sucks. Now it's like, I could make that, that's sick. Yeah. Because I'm sick. Yeah. And But then there's a flip on it, because the rest people become self-obsessed, they go like, oh, but like the funny thing is to be like self-deprecating. Mm. It's funny to be like, ah, oh, I suck. But really, you're like your biggest fan. Yeah. Everyone's like so self-obsessed. And it's and like I, I can't talk. I'm the I'm the same. Like I'm the biggest fan of my own music, but everyone is the biggest fan of their own shit. Mm. Everyone's doing things for the gram. Yeah. People people are going on holiday. People are going to Europe for the gram to take a photo. Yeah. People want to do that fucking leaning against the fucking tower. Yeah. People spending all their money working at fucking IGA for two years, so they can go get some likes. Yeah. And then they come back like, what'd you do? Oh, I had some drinks. I, I I think I I hooked up with a with a dude. Yeah. I came back and now I'm back at IGA. Dude, it's fucking true, man. Like, and I I wrestle with that shit a little bit, even as like a producer of this show, mm. because like, I mean, and I've had like I have tons of conversation. Like, Luke's one of the only dudes that I know that's like in this game to like the level that he is. Mm. So even though he's younger than me, and he's been he's been doing it longer and like he's like navigated this shit a little bit i guess more than what i have but that's like my biggest like head fuck with all of this whole deal is like i don't really want to be that that guy but it's weird to like rock up every day and do this shit and like that's where the whole editing process really fucks me because i like i'm looking at myself and yeah like i'd never listen to any of them i edit them all on mute and like even i was in the car in new zealand with a buddy the other day and he put the show on i just fucking turn the power like (laughs) so like i find it really hard to be a fan of myself and it's like i love what i do and i love the product and i love putting it out there but like i definitely i'm not like a fan in that in that way and yeah and i i wonder like i wonder where that comes from and i wonder what that is because you're it's because you're a true creator Mm. you think that's what it is that's what it is mm. it, people aren't true creators that's why they love them that's why they love themselves and shit things because mm. they're just they're just fueling something that doesn't exist they want fake internet points mm. they want fake validation they buy fake followers for a fucking look mm. but you're just a, you're just a dude you're like you don't care about the fucking views you get on some shit if it's real I mean, I care about the views in the business sense. Totally. In the bit, yeah. You I, know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's where it's weird because, like, I actively will push the fuck out of this shit just yeah. to, like, to try and uh, get more people to see it so that I can live a better life, essentially. Totally. But, I mean, there's definitely a point where, like, like I'll record a, a really fucking dope podcast and I'm, like, I'm genuinely excited for people to hear it. Yeah. 
because I, in the hope that they learn some shit that can literally just help their life. But would you rather have the dopest podcast on the planet and not many people hear it or the shittest podcast on the planet yeah, no, and I'd, every single person in the world gives a fuck about it? It just depends what... Nah, I definitely don't even want a podcast that everybody in the world knows about. Like, yeah. that, I think that'd be too much. Like, yeah. dude, I was even listening... Like, I was walking at my... um walking uh my balcony like we live in an apartment building and i was walking and this dude's just like in his bed with his laptop open and it's joe rogan <laughs> yeah well joe rogan's like worldwide he, yeah he's like that's like the biggest fucking thing yeah. like culturally dude like you want to talk about a cultural thing like fuck me dude like yeah he has had such a crazy influence on culture i don't w- ever want to get to that point like that's fucking he's, to, to he's me huge. that's crazy and, and even like when i hear people like yesterday buddy he come on the show a couple of weeks ago and it was a really big show and uh, it made the front page of a couple like big websites and stuff cool. and um and he was like oh this chick was telling me about this and i'm like that just feels so fucking weird like <laughs> yeah. I, I feel so removed yeah from and like that per like i have no fucking clue who that and it's it's weird to me that like this conversation could be heard by just such a someone so fucking far away like it's a bizarre it's a bizarre deal dude i get wigged out when i have fans yeah the funniest shit ever happened like two weeks ago i was uh, i was very drunk at a party like fucking hammered and uh i do like grab me he's like brother what's up like i'm such a fan and it was uh tim Amatic, the singer you know? oh yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah like yeah. what a dude like yeah. really nice i did but i never like listened to his music and shit and then he won I, some like voice or some shit. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, dude, I love you. I love your shit. I'm like, oh, thank you, brother. And when I used to do stand up, I had a joke about Timomatic, and I was like, it's only right if I say this joke to your face. What was the joke? <laughs> so I was like, Timomatic's about to put out this album, and everyone's real excited for it. People can't wait for this new Timomatic album. So he's going on TV and he's he's promoting the album. And he says. uh I'm ready to be Australia's MJ. I feel like my my dancing is as good as MJ, and my vocals like every every time I'm in the studio, my vocals are getting better and better. I feel like I can sing as good as MJ, and I had to stop him right there. I think Michael Jordan's a way better singer than Tim Matic. As I said that to like his face, and he thought it was the funniest shit. I was that's like, fucking awesome. I thought he was gonna punch me in the face. But like, he was like, that's fucking funny shit. Dude. That's a fucking humble dude right there. Really could to t- totally like take the piss out of himself. I yeah have a lot of uh, a newfound respect for Tim Matic and now when I see dudes like me with him or Clowny I'm like nah he's a really good guy like, that, that's one of the things I've learned through this is like everyone's pretty fucking cool yeah in their own way like there's it's like rare for someone just to be a total fuckwit like to- they definitely exist yeah but I, through this like and not that there was people that had come on that I thought were fuckwits yeah. but I, there was people I just like I didn't really have that much interest in them mm. but they were doing really well and they were like they were crushing the, the thing that they were doing and then it winds up that they're on here and I've like known them for fucking 10 years and I've just never put any effort into them as a person and I'm like <laughs> you're a fucking loser like that's a really nice guy <laughs> so like that's the that's probably been like for me the one of the coolest lessons in this yeah it's like everyone's pretty fucking cool and everyone's pretty interesting everyone's if, hustling if you just listen yeah totally and everyone's got stories mm. and that like people are quick to write off people mm. and be like oh what, what the fuck does that guy know mm. but people are like like people people that are actually in the I found people that are in the field in music to be at a level mm. of success you've either had to work super fucking hard 
or you have to be a really good mm. person because people are less inclined to help you if you're a dick mm-hmm. doesn't matter how talented you are if you're if you're a piece of shit people won't give a fuck mm. yeah you would have found that working with different producers and stuff right they're like they're yeah. really fucking aspirational cool people yeah like i don't think i've met a producer yet that i wasn't cool with mm. every everyone's been fucking just lovely mm. i was in the studio with um Khaled Rahim the other day who produced like Ariana Grande yeah right and um like he did like her last record and the dude's like you look at him he's like this buff fucking dude he's like looks real staunch tracks and shit fucking sweetheart of a guy yeah couldn't have been nicer and most people are like that there's there's like exteriors as well you can base someone on like how they look yes like dude every single person in the world thinks I'm like gay as shit <laughs> like I'll wear like crazy outfits and stuff to award shows yeah but it's like I'm just kind of that's just what I like yeah where does that yeah where does that come from because like, I looked at a photo uh, like when you messaged me the other day I was like looking through your shit and I was like this motherfucker makes me want to dress up for next <laughs> like I got a party to go to this weekend. I'm like, I want to fucking dress up. Like, yeah, dude. And it's cool to see that. But like, where does that come from? Because I'm not, I don't really dress that fucking crazy, but I appreciate the, the shit out of it. <laughs> the, uh, I think it's a little bit psycho. Like, cause I, uh, I like, like to live with the knowledge that I'm never going to see anyone again. Mm. Like, so people can fucking, I've probably been submitted to Brown Cardigan so many times. <laughs> wearing some real goofy shit. Like, right. I'm wearing a fucking jumpsuit. I love it. Right now. Like Where'd a bo- you buy that thing from? This is from ASOS, dude. It's like 20 bucks. I was going to say, is that an ASOS jumpsuit? Yeah. Feeling it. But like, it's it's just regular. Yeah. Like, it's... Uh, and like, people could like, well, buy... Do you know, dudes wind down their windows and yell shit at, like homophobic slurs at me whenever I'm walking down the street. Because I, I like live by Pack Fair. Yeah. So I walk Pack Fair all the time. And um, people like, just yell shit out. Because it's like they it's it's a reflection of themselves they're scared. it is man they're scared to be comfortable mm. so they're like bro i gotta get my i gotta get my brown i gotta get alpha i gotta get alpha as fuck gotta right get alpha now. as fuck i gotta get super tight i should be wearing xl i'm gonna get medium yeah. i'm gonna hit that medium shirt from culture kings i got my my fucking air force fucking ones on and um but people follow trends as well mm-hmm. there's such a safety have you ever been to the island rooftop bar no go there to watch culture die it is people will you will because i used to fucking work there you would see outfit changes yeah every three weeks yeah 100 percent. it was like everyone's wearing low top vans everyone's wearing low top converses everyone's wearing low top vans doc martin's back in yeah tim blands are back in yeah and it's like one person breaks the mold everyone follows that shit Mm mm-hmm one person breaks it everyone follows it because people don't want to get singled out mm-hmm. people are like don't look at me yeah i don't want to stand out there's a there's a thing though that i wonder with people like it's always interesting to me like the reasons why people do shit like you've got your style and you're like not scared and and it's like can be that's like you want to be unique and there's like a real genuine like there's a way that that can be super genuine Totally. and then there's a way where it can be super disingenuous because all you're doing it for is like that attention and, and validation of like I'm different and I'm special yeah. and so it's like I think that's the problem with it but it's like the then the real problem is like the person that is like looking that at, at the person and it's like their perception so mm-hmm. it's like are you gonna be the dude 
that thinks that it's very genuine and fuck that's cool that guy's like really expressing the way that he feels and he wants to be unique or are you going to be the fucking asshole that's like look at this motherfucker want it so it's like yeah a person could have two intentions wearing it and being like you know choosing to dress like that but then the person that is looking at that person can choose the lens that they want to look at it and it's like do you want to be the fucking asshole that thinks of it negatively straight away yeah or do you want to be the person that like it thinks of it in a positive light so i find that shit super interesting to you know like what are they what are their reasons but then also like how am i looking at it straight away like what's my what's my reflex when i see someone like you that is wearing a fucking asos jumpsuit yeah (laughs) because it's like it's like it's a shared responsibility in a way which is weird right <laughs> totally is man and it's uh, i think my, my whole style is coming from uh just expression yeah and being expressed it's the same as the music i look at it the way i look at music and um and i, I was always getting clowned for some shit because i i was super poor until like the other day and so i would just be thrifting shit yeah and because I, I got like broader shoulders man i play rugby so i gotta get like big shit um so and the only shit that they had that would fit me at the op shops were like these hawaiian shirts from fucking lowe's that's dope as fuck yeah but i was such a kanye fan i wanted to dress fly as fuck so i would be like all right how do i get this hawaiian shirt and make it cool yeah i'll buy some shitty jeans i'm gonna d- distress the jeans like and I would watch dude I'll tell you some wild shit so I went to a club called uh, Envy uh, on in the Sydney Go- or uh, Gold Coast Gold Coast yeah. I was 18 years old and I was wearing it's, it's a terrible outfit now but at the time dude this was fucking fresh as fuck fresh as fuck so I got um, I got like some shitty jeans from the op shop cut them up to stress them before distression was in cause I saw it in um, I saw it in like it was a TV show from the 80s and um in the opening credits you know back when they used to have the opening credits yeah. where like the dude would, like turn around and like it would say his name and shit yeah. this dude had distressed jeans on and i was like holes and jeans okay and wa- i'm such a fan of wayne's world yeah and but like that style had just been gone for like 10 years yeah and i was like fuck it all right i'm gonna cut these jeans my mom's like what are you doing with your pants and i'm like cutting these jeans up and i'm like all right i got this plain gray t-shirt and I got a flannelette shirt and tied it around my waist. Yeah. You'd see a mannequin wear that now. Regular. Yeah. I went out and a dude tried to fight me because he was like, you're wearing a fucking skirt. Like, because the flannelette tied around the waist. Yeah. This dude threw punches at me. His name is Quinn. He works at Grilled. I hope he still works there. And <laughs> I got a record deal, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. My skirt was sick. My skirt was fire. And then, so this dude straight up tries to fight me at a bus stop out the front of Envy because he was like, you're wearing a skirt. You're fucking homophobic slurs. And um, I see that dude a year later, bro, with the flannelette around the shirt. Really? Yeah. Doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. But it was just because the mold hadn't been broken yet. Yeah. Kanye, wasn't popularized Kanye hadn't done the Bound 2 video yet people weren't people weren't ready for that outfit and then seeing that fool with that look yeah how do you go from beating up a dude for wearing something to wearing it 12 months later but that's the mentality of most people mm. but they're not that extreme but people are like fuck this until 
it's become en- until enough people have it without yeah. they go i need to blend it i need to wear it yeah because when he was wearing it everyone everyone was wearing it mm-hmm. it was a look and then when i was on that when everyone was on that i was like i'm gonna bring wear tracksuits i like run dmc i'm gonna wear a tracksuit everyone's like what are you a fucking athlete mm. i was like nah this is just comfy i like it they wouldn't let me into clubs wearing a tracksuit yeah right because it was like people were like why you can't wear a now like nowadays you can do that shit. For yeah, you go to a club, everyone's wearing a tracksuit. Yeah, but I would I'd pull up to that. They're like, no fucking way. Go get changed. You're wearing pajamas. Yeah. And then when I wear the distress shit, get out of here. You can't come to a club. You what? You ripped your shit. Yeah. And uh, dude, I I <laughs> I try to wear a um a jumpsuit like a full length one. Yeah. I got this crap. I got jumpsuits because I I perform a lot of my shows in suits and jumpsuits. Yeah. Try to wear a jumpsuit to the to a bar recently. They're like, nah. Maybe I'll wear a jumpsuit this weekend, bro. Ch- channel that shit, bro. I, I got one. You can wear it. <laughs> That's sick as fuck. I, I got heaps. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, it's you. So you got to break the mold for every motherfucker to just come jump on the ship. Mm. But it's, it's, it's regular, and I, I'm used to it now. Mm. And but I'm not wearing shit to try and like break molds. I'm not wearing shit like um like GQ did this huge article on me in style this year, which like. <laughs> one of my friends was clouding my outfit recently I was like Brad don't make me hit you with my GQ article like <laughs> I'm, gonna slap, <laughs> I'm gonna slap you in the face with that shit <laughs> and, like people try to tell me like dude wait, you can't wear that I, I I wore a sequin suit to a wedding and it was fucking fire <laughs> but what is it about the fashion stuff that because like I feel like there's people that like they they care or they don't like and yeah. I'm sort of like I want to say I care, but like I sort of just I just run t-shirt and fucking shorts and vans every single day, pretty much. But, but it's like, but I appreciate the fuck out of it. But one of my best mates, Shane, is like the most stylish motherfucker I know. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. There's some I don't know why. Like some people just have like a thing. My brother's super fucking stylish, dude. But the thing is, if that's what you wear, that's you. That is the style. It comes yeah. back to music. Authenticity trumps it all. If you're if your style. Like, look at, like, someone like fucking Kelly Slater or someone. Mm. Dude will just wear, like, a fucking billabong shirt and some shorts. Mm. And it's fire. Because it's him. Because it's him. And it's really him. Mm. It's authentically him. You can tell when someone's not... Being authentic, yeah. You see a dude in, like, a medium Gucci shirt and some fucking true religion jeans. You're like, that's not you, dude. Like... You can tell because they look uncomfortable. That's Abercrombie and Finch mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell when someone's not real because mm. it stands out more. Yeah, I totally agree with that. People, and and I see like girls, my like, I, I, got, I got a lot of female friends for, through style because I don't know, girls thought I was gay. They dig that shit for so sure. They, just, they pulled up. They're like, hey, let's be friends. I'm like, yeah, we can, we can be friends. But like, yeah. They're like, he's cute. I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, like, so I got like heaps of female friends and they go out of their way to dress in the most uncomfortable shit, mm. especially with footwear, the most uncomfortable shit. Like you don't need to. Like we need to. I got to dress like this. To, mm. to Yeah, I'm not a fan of that shit. Just like if you want to wear... And right now, and it's it's changing now as well because girls are starting to wear Harley Davidson shirts. Mm. Every girl, ironic, fucking yeah. band shirts and shit. Yeah, like by by February, every girl in Australia will own a Harley Davidson vintage shirt. It's fucking <laughs> weird. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> but those girls would clown girls for wearing Harley shirts eight months ago. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm not a fan of the Harley shirts. Like, a, like they're a bit overplayed. You can maybe get away with a Daytona, but just like, the whole. It's just like ironic shit in general. Like, yeah. oh really? You like Megadeth? <laughs> yeah. You like Megadeth? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, dude. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Tool song, bitch? <laughs> they and you know the, that was happening with Wu Tang Clan that five years yeah, ago. Yeah, dude, for sure. When everyone's wearing. Yeah, tell Wu-Tang. me who Rizza is. Yeah. Yeah, no, no one knows the jizzer. No one knows. The, <laughs> no one knows ODB. Yeah, and uh, it's people. It's just trends, mm. it, and I feel like a lot of those trends coming from uh, from Jer- you know Jerry Lorenzo, Fair God. Mm-mm. So he was styling Justin Bieber. Oh, and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like Kanye's old stylist, and um, he really like went hard on bringing thrifting in. Yeah, around like 2013, 2014. Yeah, like band tees. So he could get like. Bieber wearing band tees and um, like Ariana Grande and shit mm. wearing these like heavy metal like fucking yeah, like Lamb of God and shit, and yeah, shit. And like Metallica uh, uh, Eagles of Death Metal yeah. and shit like all like th- wear their merch and so people would just see it and go like that's fire and <laughs> my sister thought my sister's a teenager but like three years ago she thought Guns N' Roses was a brand. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah. She thought it was a brand. She was wearing a Guns N' Roses tee. I was like, you know Axl Rose? You know Slash? She's like, what was huh? that? She's like, what's what's that? I was like, your shirt. She's like, oh, it's just, I, I thought it was a brand. I just thought, I thought just, you know, everyone's at school has got this brand. They're all good. They're you all can't good. be mad at it though, I guess. I can't be mad. Yeah. Uh, like, dude, I, <laughs> there, there's a Hannibal Burroughs joke where he, um, he says that his dad asked him if he's uh, seen The Wire. I don't know if you've seen The Wire, the show. No, I don't know what it is. Well, you know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And then Hannibal's like, I was going to clown my dad for just getting into The Wire. But then I realized I discovered Jimi Hendrix through Hulk Hogan's walkout song. <laughs> <laughs> and people like people just yeah. punch in their own time. Yeah. And especially now, everything's digital. Mm-hmm. It's not people aren't getting all their shit from the same avenues, same you know, same streams. There, yeah. People are coming across shit like I'm discovering new shit all the time. Yeah. Like two years ago, I found out about Anthony Hamilton. I don't, um, he does that. He um he has he's got two huge songs, but one of them's with uh, Twister. Um, I forget the shit, but Fire. Yeah. And um, I I can't be like if <laughs> if I was like, hey, you know Anthony Hamilton, and someone's like. Who the fuck are you just getting into Anthony Hamilton now? Yeah. People just find shit when they find shit. That's true. And I used to get hell mad when people would talk about Travis Scott. Yeah. I was so early on Travis Scott. Yeah. And I remember watching the Travis Scott documentary. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, uh, the one on YouTube? The one on Netflix. Oh, no, I haven't watched that one yet. So there's a scene. I watched the, some old, like, uh, YouTube shit from Oh, back in the day, yeah. There's um, there's a scene in the Netflix documentary where Travis Scott's playing a festival. I'm pretty sure it was at Complex Con. Yeah. And Mike Dean, his DJ took a video of the and there's like 20 people in the crowd I remember watching that when it happened yeah right I watched the live stream of that yeah that's fucking cool yeah and it was like people talking about like oh look how long ago it was he only had 20 fans that was me yeah <laughs> I was fucking with it so hard back then but I can't get mad at people for being like yeah, bro you he heard is, Travis yeah. Scott it's like yeah no nah, I don't know he's great yeah. how great is he you, you, you just can't be like Oh, I was the first in on that shit. Yeah. So I'll just be getting frustrated all day. Yeah. I was I was so early on Post Malone as well. Yeah. Because of Mac Miller. Yes. Mac Miller tweeted White Iverson like when it came out. Yeah, dude. I met I met um I met fucking Post Malone at Warp Tour like fuck six years ago. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like right before White Iverson. 
Like it, was, it was before that he that, even dropped that shit. And it, that's he was crazy. like, he was like, hey man, I'm Austin. <laughs> and I'm like, hey dude, what's up? And like, we just fucking chilled in this motorhome and like, he didn't really say much. And then fucking peaced out. And then like, it was probably like months later, White Iverson dropped. And I yeah. was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like he was a megastar dude overnight. Yeah, but yeah he was just like this fucking, and he looked literally was looked the same. Like he was yeah. the same dude. It was crazy. Hey, I'm such a fan. Uh, he he lost me on Bear Bongs and Bentleys, but he he won me back on the new album. I haven't really listened to too much of the new album. Actually, it's, it's sick. Did you see him live when he was here? No, he was fucking good. I bet. Yeah, it was really fucking good. I um, I forget. What, I was in LA when he, I, I'm always in LA. When How much are you over there? Uh, a I, lot. I probably spent two or three months of this year, so okay. like, like a, th- a quarter of the year. Yeah. So far this year there. What's it like being an artist out of like the Gold Coast or Brisbane? Like just in general, yeah. Um, it's well, there's no one really doing what I do. Yeah, because I'm the same. Like, there's no like, who the fuck do I talk to about this shit? You yeah, know? there's. I've got so through doing the conservatorium, I've got so many friends that are like singer songwriters. What's the conservatorium? The university I went to. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so through that, I've met so many amazing singers. Like, I went to see my friend Jackson James Smith play at dust temple in crumbin oh sick uh last night night before last night yeah like uh, me and this dude used to play the cavern at nobby's beach to three people yeah and then he sold out this venue on the gold coast and it was so cool that there's you know a scene that's starting to happen here with that style of music yeah but if i wanted to talk to someone about my kind of music nah yeah. when, I, when i first came out there were dudes that rapped at the uh lone star in broad beach yeah they would have a hip hop night there. Yeah. And I was like, I remember I went to one of them. I was like, nah, this isn't my shit. This is, it was whack. Yeah. Everyone thought they were in D12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking sick. Yeah. It was, it was not, not a good vibe. Yeah. Um, and like they would cancel it because people were getting to fight. <laughs> Like it was really scummy. Yeah, that's fucking hectic. And Some they, people love that shit though. Yeah, oh, there's totally an audience for it. I bet. Yeah. And then they moved it to um, players. I couldn't help but feel sorry for people that went to the strip club to see some titties and they just see some dude in really big jeans, just fucking <laughs> rapping out, <laughs> yeah, just rapping about barbecues. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I kind of I, I skip. I don't know what any of those dudes are doing now. I don't even know who the fuck they are. I might yeah. still be making music. Yeah. But um yeah i missed that whole kind of scene then on the gold coast man there's i can't think of anyone that does yeah and then people probably are doing shit but i don't know if they're like, like out here to like what that. level yeah yeah it sounds real dickish to say like on my no, fucking no, level no, or something I mean. but like no there's one, just lanes people are in you know like it's got nothing to do with how big or small something is yeah. i think it's just like think people can take it the wrong way when you if you say something like that but it's like man what's fuck people exist in lanes dude totally and I, I would imagine there's probably not too many people on the gold coast who are living off being recording artists yeah people can live off gigs like my friend scott dalton who's like the best fucking guy in the world he's gigging every day yeah at like cafes and shit making great money because he's like just he's so good he's playing like two hours of cafe next day two hours of cafe you, mm. you can definitely make a living doing that when I'm talking recordings, be like Fisher, Amy Shark, mm. me, maybe someone else. Maybe, I don't know how Eliza and the Delusionals are going, mm. but I, I would imagine it would just be the three of us. 
Ziggy Alberts is probably doing all right. Is he from the Gold Coast? He's around here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's doing great. Yeah, he's killing it. But yeah, like it's not... And, and like, especially like your sound, like I don't think there's anyone really... Well, there probably is people in Australia, but like it's... You've just definitely like a super unique sound. The the closest I've come across to me, because I've met fucking everyone, dude. Like I, I'm starting to run out of people to fucking meet in the in in Australian the music. Yeah, yeah. The closest to me... Um, probably Travi P. Have you heard of Travi P? Uh-huh. Dude from Redcliffe. Yeah, okay. One of the nicest guys in the world. Like I, that that's a guy who I cannot speak higher oh, yeah. yeah, he opened for me in Sydney about two months ago. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. I uh, before I before I play any shows, I get a massage. I go <laughs> I go to, like the local massage parlor, hit it up. That's get, sick. Get a, it's like get the, loose. It's like the only cool thing about me. <laughs> Before I play a show, like I, I, I go get a massage, and um, there was a massage place across the road from the from the venue. Yeah. And I walked in, and uh, the place like the room had like a shower in it, and I was like, uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, so I'm lying down. I'm getting like the worst massage of all time. And she's just literally there waiting to be like, roll over, twenty bucks extra. Totally. Yeah. And then uh, so she gives me a bad massage. She's like, all right, thank you. I'm like, oh, that was kind of trash, but whatever. And um, walk back. And then Trav was like, what are we doing? I was like, oh, it's getting a massage. He's like, cross the street. And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, I did. Like, they don't even massage you. They just jack you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you ever realize that you're an ugly dude? When, <laughs> like, the rub and tuck chick doesn't want to jack you <laughs> off? I, I just got, like, a straight up shit massage. I would rather have her just gone and, like, do you want to get jacked off? I would have been like, no, I need to get a massage. Because I'm, like, <laughs> on tour. I'm sore as fuck. That's and, fucking yeah, funny, dude. Missed out. <laughs> That's so Missed good. out on getting a massage. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking funny. Have you, got, have you got any other weird shit on your rider? Uh, dude, because I, like, get drunk before shows. Yeah, okay. I'm one of these terrible people. They're like, you can't do that. And um, But, like, my show is, like, a wavy because I'm, like, I'm not... You're kind of wavy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not, like, hammered. Yeah. But I've, I've had some you drinks. And, like, I, like, tell jokes between the songs. Yeah, okay. I'll tell, like, a funny story and shit about... Like, I, I got I got one joke that just fucking slayed. I was on tour with Slum Sociable. I don't know if you know them. No. They're, like, one of my favorite bands. So, I didn't even know that they knew I existed. And then I got hit up my agents, like, Slum Sociable want to do a tour with you. And I was like, dude, like, what the fuck? I love these guys. I'm, like, such a fan. You ever, yeah. you ever like... You ever, like, a fan of someone, but you don't want to hit them up? And you don't know if they know who you are. Yeah, yeah. This is very much the case with these guys. I've listened to their music for a long time and then they... Turns out they were fans. Yeah. So we go on tour together and I had just got back from South Korea and I play... I don't know if you heard about this. This is like in the news. Um, I was playing at, at Ultra Korea, which is the biggest music festival in Asia. Really? Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. It was mad. And uh, there was a secret headliner. Secret headliner was Rick Ross. No shit. Who like got to hang out with them and yeah. shit before? It was it was it was mad, and he was there with that Jordan Woods chick from the Kardashians, and she was nice. And yeah, um, but we're all, we're all just hanging out, and then I I'm on before Rick Ross, and I walk out, and there's like fucking Korean people everywhere. There's a cool video on my Instagram of it, and uh, I walk out, and these Korean women just start crying, like crying tears, and their hands are out and shit, and people just going fucking nuts. I'm like, dude, I've got fans in fucking Korea. People going fucking crazy. And it wasn't until like 
halfway through I realised that they thought I was Post Malone <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like fucking everyone's in the crowd going play one Iverson yeah everyone's like waiting for it and dude because I was like the only um, like hip hop act up in the Rick Ross at this festival it was yeah, all okay. like like Skrillex Duke Dumont Swedish House Mafia Rick Ross me Korean acts no shit dude do you remember when Skrillex got arrested in uh in LA like a year ago or maybe like a bit over a year ago for like playing music too loud in his Tesla no that's fucking mad <laughs> so like so we, I, we used to live on Fountain like you got Sunset yeah, like where yeah. the comedy store is yeah and then there's La Cienega yeah and then you've got Fountain is the one underneath so we were in the apartment blocks that were on Fountain Sick. so like I, I'd ride my bike everywhere so I like just literally got down the stairs out the front on my bike sitting at the lights on my pushy waiting for the lights to turn and then um and then fucking Skrillex is there in his Tesla and I can't remember what song he was on but I like it wasn't loud at all and I yelled out tune like to him and he was like fuck yeah and so he cranked the music like heavy loud and then pulled off the lights the fucking thing was just exploding with sound and then the cops literally stopped him and fucking arrested him no way yeah so you caused Skrillex's arrest arrested. that's fucking awesome I can't wait to fucking meet him one day and be you like, gotta tell him that I'm like sorry homie but yeah it was like it like literally made the news and shit cause they like that's fucking pulled him out of the car and stuff that's he had a, wild he had a fucking crazy sound system going that what place. kind of Tesla did he have uh, one of those white um, SUV ones they're sick. Yeah, it was gangster as fuck. Dude, I love a Tesla. It was so fucking funny though, eh? That's and then uh, sick. I went back up into the apartment and my buddy that I was living with is like, dude, did you see Skrillex got arrested? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm the fucking reason Skrillex just got arrested. What song was it? <laughs> I can't even remember, can't. dude. Like, it was just some fucking, it was like just some rap song that was sick. blowing up at the time. Man, I, um, Skrillex has a new song, a newish song called uh, Midnight, I- Midnight Hour. Mm-hmm. It is a bit, I haven't heard that yet. It's the best thing I think he's done since he first came out. Yeah, dude, I've, I'm fucking so on board with Skrillex. Like, I, I, underrated. he's like a legacy artist for me. Like, totally. I think like he's one of those guys that took like such big risks with sounds mm-hmm. and like just fully did his own thing. And yeah. he, he's done it over such a long period of time that like he, I don't give a fuck what he does now. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, dude, I was, I was uh, somewhat skeptical going in to his new single. Because he's an artist that has just been around for so long, did dubstep, the probably arguably the greatest person to do dubstep. Fuck yeah! Uh, popularized it for totally sure. Totally popularized it, and then when I was like, "All right, let's see what this new sound is," because he's got to evolve. Yeah, new sound was just a great mix of pop, contemporary hip hop, and like contemporary dance music. He just like the dude's just underrated. Mm. Even for a guy that's really well rated underrated yeah still underrated yeah. still under like and i love that shit yeah yeah he's fucking so like yeah just one of those guys for me it's like yeah whatever you wherever you take music like i'm down to just like i'm down to hear yeah uh, uh, that, that's a guy i, I will support mm. uh, I th- <laughs> this is the first interview where i've i've come out in support of skrillex <laughs> but yeah <laughs> uh, i think he's great and he's got like a uh, he's got like a metal background or like a hardcore yeah, dude, background he was in like a full fucking screamo band man it was sick as yeah, fuck fucking mad because that's that's what that would be my other thing like i've always been super eclectic with music mm. so i can listen to fucking everything trap shit and then the very next song i can listen to like system of a down and fucking totally so like i've always loved that fucking that screamo shit we used to get a sound wave every year and just get like fucking loose in the pit are you gonna go to that uh down low festival where's that at it's in rna showgrounds i think 
Really? My Chemical Romance headlining. Wow. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Helena's like one of my favorite all-time songs ever. I th- I think um, I'm Not Okay Yeah. is one of the things that got me into music. Really? Yeah. So I, what was your first like... The first shit I heard... Um, well, my mum is obsessed with... The, my mum's uh, like a, a, a black lady. Yeah. So like she introduced me to... So have you got a white dad? Yeah, my dad was white yeah. and my mum's black. Yeah. And um, what, like what race? Like my, Polynesian? Uh, my mom's Fijian. Yeah, okay. Which is like the the black Polynesian. Yeah, yeah. And um, my, my dad was uh, was Pakia. Yeah. And um, so my my uh, I sound my mom was really into the Fujis, Lauren Hill, Biggie. Um, That's sick. Yeah, my dad was really into Pink Floyd. Yeah. The Cars, fucking. Uh, played, he played a little bit of Motley Crue, but not too much. I heard a little bit of it, but like his Pink Floyd was his was his shit. And then my mom was really into the Fugees, so I think that like those two kind of came into play. But the first shit I independently liked, and uh, and also my uncle, when I was in the fifth grade, he bought me late registration Kanye West uh. album, and that uh, that if anything got me into stand up because of the Bernie Mac skits yeah and I remember listening to the Bernie Mac and I knew fuck that's crazy eh that it yeah. can influence like something that's so indirect can have like a big influence totally I because I couldn't I didn't have enough rhythm to do the Kanye raps yeah but I knew all the what the fuck Kanye and like do all the Bernie Mac skits between the songs yeah and then I Dude, I, I remember the um the fucking Chris Rock bit man oh in Blame Game yeah, yeah crazy Kanye reposted my <laughs> pussy there's the best shit fucking so the genius the best bro. shit that was that, that whole Doctor's Fantasy album is my favourite album of all time yeah it's, it's fucking it's, dude you know what is crazy is Nicki Minaj on Monster mm, that to me is like that's one of the best rap verses of all time bro yeah dude I, I was already on Nicki Minaj when that came out and because uh, she had just signed to uh, Young Money, yeah, and like I'm a, and I know you're not allowed to say this, but I'm a really big Lil Wayne fan. I fucking love Lil Wayne. Dude. I love Drake too. It's fucking all that <laughs> old school shit, bro. Like I uh, was so into that first Drake album. Oh, thank me later. Yeah, yeah dude. Thank me later. Take care. Take care. Nothing Ooh. was the same. Ooh. Like that's hitters. Yeah, back when Drake sounded like Lil Wayne. Yeah, back yeah back when Drake was trying to be Lil Wayne, yeah. that was the best Drake for me. And then Drake kind of lost me after those first three albums. He's like another... I have these artists where it's just like, if they've done like a significant thing for me, it's they just get a whole pass. Oh, really? I'm just like, whatever. I don't think... Do you, bro. I don't think Drake did enough for me to give him the whole pass. Yeah, true. Because I... Like, when I heard like... Oh, it's like fucking... Let, he just put out a new song like last week. What one is it? It's called Loyal. Oh, uh, Okay. I was like, dude, this is not it. I just got to respect a dude that can fucking make that much music. He's very, he's very, um, what's the, what's the fucking word when you make lots of music? Uh, uh, they, and they put it, they used to put it in all my articles. No. Pro- prolific? Prolific. He's very, what you're looking yeah, for? he's a very prolific artist. Yeah. It's insane, dude. Like even back in Take Care days, I was, and then he started doing those mixtapes. I was like, oh, he's doing too much, man. Like he's going to lose it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause there's like the Kanye, there's the there's the Drake model and then there's like the Kendrick Lamar model because I feel like they're the two dudes that are like on either ends of like the spectrum at the moment in terms like the biggest artists and it's like you've got Drake you've got Kendrick one goes away for years at a time one's just fucking everywhere yeah and like you're right man like he misses the mark so much 
yeah, but it still works. He he. The thing with Drake is he's so big. When he misses the mark, there's still Doesn't a huge yeah. audience for yeah. people that people that love his shit songs. They're like, this is I love this. Like he he did a song called Signs, which was fucking unlistenable. Yeah. I was like, this is the worst shit. I was I was like, okay, Drake's fallen off. Dude, Hotline Bling. Great. I thought that was. I was like, he's fucked. Oh up. really, dude? And, and then I was just like, ah, fuck. It's sick. You the, got me. The the but I was the same. First listen on that. First listen on God's Plan. I was like, this is trash. And then I'm like, the songwriting's amazing. Yeah. And the melody's amazing. And the sample in that is made, even though it was the complete fucking rip of Cha Cha by Dram, a song that came out a year earlier. Oh, really? But I'll, I'll just under the rug on that. But, um, and like Dram even came out and was like, what the fuck? This dude stole my fucking song. And then he gets a career off the back of that, does that Broccoli song with Lil Yachty. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Like his, his career was spawned from Drake stealing his song. That's heavy. But, um, Cheers, Drake. Yeah, yeah, got a whole career out of it. So, like, yeah, shout out to him. Um, but yeah, there's Drake is an artist who can can hit and miss, and Kendrick's an artist who because he doesn't release that much music, it's just hit. It hit, has hit, to hit, 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 because Drake Drake can afford a miss. Yeah, because there'll be another one in like two months. He can just he can rekindle it. Yeah, I feel like Kendrick. Kendrick's like. Um, Kendrick's almost like an athlete in that sense where like, you know, if an athlete has a bad game, everyone's like, or like a bad season, people are like, oh, he's fallen off. Like, um, like the captain of the Brisbane Broncos in the NRL had a really bad season this year. And so everyone's like, he needs to retire. He needs to to hang it up. Yeah. People say that like about fucking all these athletes. Kendrick's the same, like people, because there's such a gap between his records, people start questioning. Yeah. His relevance. And people go like, oh, you know, if he comes back, what's he going to do? People do that with Frank Ocean as well. Yeah. Because Frank Ocean's only he's two albums in, and he's like one of the biggest acts of the decade, off the back of two albums, which no one else has done that. He's a crazy fucking talent, dude. I like I think he's fan. one of the bit like best artists in like in the game. Yeah, right now, like that fucking um, pyramid song, <sighs> the second half of that track. Oh, dude, stop it! Do you know? Do, but you know who uh, who produced that song with him? Nah. John Mayer. Fuck, there you go. Makes there you go. sense. Yeah, John Mayer is uh John Mayer is so underappreciated in uh the hip hop world. Uh John Mayer worked on Mac Miller's last album. Yeah, yeah. Um he John Mayer played the guitar and co wrote there's a song on the album called Small Worlds. Yeah. My favorite song on the album. Uh John Mayer's guitar songwriting that. John Mayer worked on Astroworld, Travis Scott's last album. Really? Yeah, dude. John Mayer is out here. John Mayer worked on um Tidal Science Beach House Three. Uh, man, John Mayer's like out here. That's crazy, yeah, dude. I love having conversations with guys like you that are like deep in the music. <laughs> oh thing yeah, because like I'm out here. Uh, yeah, like I love music, but I, I'm not going that deep. Dive, but like you live this shit, and it's yeah. fucking so rad to like, I guess like live vicariously through like the way that you see this shit. It's cool as fuck. Oh, thank you, bro. Uh, also, I have a question. This mm. has nothing to do with music. I can't tell if it's a lie. Do you have a su- silver tooth? Mm. Nah, this one's fake. Ah, dude, I got fake teeth too. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, so, man. like, the gum at the top go, gets a bit weird because of, like, the implant or whatever. How did you do it? Did you break your tooth? Mountain biking. Dude. Knock my fucking teeth out. That's, I like, that's the story. My shit's not a story. I, my whole bottom of my teeth are fake. Really? Every single one. How did you do that? My, um, my teeth were naturally really crooked. Like, they looked like someone fucking hit shuffle on my face. And they <laughs> were like, and I, could, and I was doing media and press at the time and I couldn't watch interviews of myself in it. 
and it made me mumble when I talked. I'm still trying to get out of it now. Yeah. Uh, and it gave me like a real monotone of voice because I was mumbling so much because I didn't want people to see my teeth. Yeah, right. So I'd like talk with my mouth like really minimally open. That's crazy. And um, yeah. So sometimes I see people's teeth, I go, that's a fake tooth for sure, dude. Yeah, dude. And, uh, I, I do that shit now too. I, I, I love it. I, I, I'm hyper aware of teeth. I'm in the teeth game. Shout out to my dentist, Dr. Arthur. He's, um, I, re- <laughs> I remember I was, uh, I was getting th- these teeth done and you know, do you remember Mike Goldman from Big Brother? Yeah, host? yeah. So he like FaceTimed me. Oh, when, shit. Yeah, when I was getting, like, he's like the homie and shit. Yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. He's really nice. He like FaceTimed me. I like picked it up and I was like, what up, Mike? And I'm like in the dentist chair. He's like, oh, dude, I'll call you back later. And my dentist was like, was that, that Mike, Mike Goldman? Goldman? <laughs> yeah. It was some juice shit. But yeah, man, Dr. Arthur Murray, he hooked my whole shit up. All all the shit, not real. How long ago did that did So did you get implants or veneers? Veneers. Yeah, so hey, that's an implant. Do, uh, what, how do they go about doing that? Dude, it's gnarly. So they fucking rip your tooth out. Yeah. And then they drill a hole in your bone. And mm. then they put like a thread. Yeah. For like a screw. So that's why it looks kind of gray. Is because it's like metal. Like there's like a metal rod it's in metal there. metal rod, yeah. And then they like get the... They've build the fake tooth out and then they put that up there and then behind the fake tooth it's like an allen key and they oh. literally just screw it into your fucking head dude fucking Gnarly, eh? veneers dude they they get your teeth because this one's a veneer yeah uh, the, sorry just the second one it's like porcelain so yeah that's a veneer so because they to match it up with the first this one here yeah but yeah so it's fucking your teeth look straight as fuck it's a gnarly process though yeah they, they, had, they had to file my shit down to the nerve yeah and then cover it. The smell of your teeth burning. Weirder. So weird. <laughs> and like, I hate needles too. Fucking needles in my mouth, dude. Fuck that. Oh, dude. I fucking hate needles. Really? So bad. Like, snakes, my biggest fear. I fucking hate snakes. Needles, close second. Really? I got a snake in my house and I don't give a fuck about needles. I couldn't be more opposite. Oh, you, you, are you scared? I got a pet snake. Oh, you're one of these snake guys. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the what's the appeal? I just grew up in like a in the. Jungle. You're from Cairns. Yeah, yeah. Like there's just fucking snakes everywhere. So I'm I going like, to Cairns next month. Really? Well, for to perform? No. Oh, kind of. I'm emceeing a wedding. Oh, sick. Yeah, fire. Yeah, right. I got I got jokes. I got I wrote a whole set for these for this couple. Really? So how did that come about? That they, um, they just like wanted to book you for it, or your agent books that, or how's that work? Oh, no, I know them. Oh, you know, I'm like fuck. That seems like a like a weird. Gig. Yeah, no, no, oh, they're, they're, they're my friends. <laughs> my friends are getting married. Oh, but and they're they're from Cairns. Or? They live in Cairns. He's from the states. Yeah, and she's from um, Blackpool. Really? Yeah. Fuck. That's that's uh, random. And as fuck. I, I used to work with them. Yeah, and okay. they just became the homies at work and um like at the hotel yeah okay and yeah they were just like they're just the homies and then uh they were on the gold coast so we're catching up and they're like feel free to say no yeah uh, but like it would I feel be like that's like an honor though you know totally i was like yeah dude I, I wouldn't miss it for the fucking world man like it's they met at my work as well yeah cool so it was like i was i saw their whole shit from the start yeah like i saw them meet I was there because he was a guest at the hotel first. No shit. Before he started working there. And he checked in and me and her were working together. And she was like, had no interest in this fucking dude at all. Sort of how it always works though, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. And then he was trying. And I was like, I was telling I was like, just let him smash once. <laughs> he's he's putting so much groundwork in. She's like, nah, I don't know if I'm into him like that. And then she's like, I think I'm into him like that. I'm like, well, good thing he didn't dip. And yeah. he's, still, he's still trying the shot. And um, yeah, now they're getting married. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. How long have they been together? 
two years. Yeah, right. It's a very short time. But but when you know, you know. When you know, you know. <laughs> I um, yeah, like I've been with my girlfriend for five years. Really? Yeah. So what? Since you're like seventeen? No. Or eighteen? Twenty. Oh wow, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Or nineteen. Yeah. And she's an artist, eh? Yeah, she's a painter. Like a professional? Yeah, full time. Really? Yep. She's a crazy, crazy good artist. I need to get a painting for an ear then. Yeah. I'm trying to fill that whole wall. Dude, she's got she's got paintings for days. Didn't she paint a picture of you? She did. That's the artist that did all the murals with me. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I think we should get like a little picture of you in here then. Dude, she's got heaps. <laughs> that's fucking sick. Yeah. She's got a stencil of me that she can just spray paint on something. Yeah, right. I could have one to you this afternoon. Fuck, I don't need it that quick, but it'd be yeah. sick. <laughs> Dude, yeah. She, no, nah, she's fire, man. CRT Designs. Yeah, I'm going to follow her up on Instagram yeah, then. She, yeah, she's great. Um, So what's your plans like for the next little bit? Like how's this whole thing sort of... How do you see things sort of like playing out in the coming future? Well, in a perfect world, I put out the next single, January 10th, and it just fucking blows up and nothing was the same. But (laughs) um, in a realistic view, uh, I'll put out the song. It'll just expand audience again. Uh, Hopefully, you know, some radio love, hopefully get some Spotify love, streaming love and all that shit. Uh, And then build up, I get just bigger shows. Mm. Um, I've got... I think I'm sitting on like seven singles that are just ready to come out. Mm, cool. So I'll just put them out next year. Yeah. And so how do they like, do you work with the label on like staggering those? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's all marketing plans around them. I've got a, actually, this is another exclusive for you. I've got a tour that I'm going to do. Oh, sick. That is going to change the whole shit. Really? And you'll see, I'm calling it right now. Every motherfucker is going to do this. Really? Everyone. This whole... This, all right, so this is what I'm doing. People buy a ticket. Say I sell the tickets for like 20 bucks. Yeah. People buy the tickets, but there's no venue. There's just a date and like the city. So yeah. It's like Sydney, April 1st. Fucking Melbourne, April 7th. Whatever. And... But you don't know where the venue is. And on the day... When you, when you buy a ticket, you've got to put your phone number, your email. On the day, you get an address sent to you. And every venue is going to be a hotel. Oh, sick. A hotel room. And like, there's a few joys in that. You only need to sell 40 tickets to sell out the room. Yeah. So every show on the tour is sold out. Yeah. Great for festivals because festivals look at, they festivals just want access selling out their tours. Yeah. Sell out tour. The, the room is packed. Play a set. Wild as shit get shut down because it's at a hotel <laughs> that's fucking rad get like arrested probably every night <laughs> great press bring a crew to film the whole shit yeah sell the documentary to fucking vice or whoever get a mad get just mad documentary fucking footage like the, the like it was gonna look the raw sick. shit yeah it's gonna look so raw a small a room this size with 40 people in it mm. it's gonna be live as shit and um no venue hire no security people just destroying a room that's fucking cool yeah so when's that happening next year I'm in the middle of organising it yeah yeah but I I promise you dude the same way that a dude tried to fire me and had a flannelette shirt a year later everyone will be doing it after everyone's gonna be doing these small tours yeah cause immediate money like the money is just circulating into renting the hotel room 
go to fucking ANZ, get a credit card, give them the give the hotel that credit card that so when they try and charge the fucking room, like you can't get. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, that yeah, I've thought I've thought about it and around it. I've been trying to do it for a while, and we did one in uh, Broad Beach yeah. Waters in 2014, and we got like a thousand people at a house. Fuck, at a house party, and I played on the roof. That's sick. And people, you got footage of that stuff. Yeah, I'll show you some footage after. People to this fucking day talk about like they're like oh i haven't kept up with any music but i remember that party i remember that party being fucking crazy yeah that is sick and it was fucking wild yeah there's something about a house that good house party i still remember house parties from when i was like 15 it was just like dope as fuck this house parties are the superior clubs suck house parties clubs do fucking suck i hate clubs i every time i go to a club i'm like why the f-? even if i'm getting like because i <laughs> this this is where i fucking hate myself this is where i lose myself as a fan <laughs> i hate going to a club just as like the reg as a regular yeah i patron. don't yeah i don't do that shit so like but even if i'm going it's like like i went to some i went to sin city yeah with uh frenchie and the fairbomb film guys the other night yeah bro it was fucking free drinks they came out sparklers yeah doing the whole shit whole shit we had our own private room not even fun no nah couldn't even smile yeah i was like it's still a club dude the last time i was in sin city i was on like a heavy edible oh i was just like get me the fuck out of here edibles at the club not a good idea no it was the first time i've ever done that and Mm. i was just like because i don't really drink that much yeah so i was just like yeah i got like a kidney thing so i was like i gotta do other shit to like have fun and then one of my boys is like oh i got a cookie here and and he's like oh we're going to a club later i was like you know what fuck it let's just get in on this and you got wavy oh my god i was fucked up bro <laughs> eh? and i was just like i'm like just staring at these people like it made the whole thing just like it put clubs into perspective for me like i just had like a moment i was like fuck all this like <laughs> this is not the place to be ever like right now I'm yeah fucked up and it's like not the place to be but this is just not the move these clubs suck dude the club if there's like a david Attenborough on another planet there's a really interesting episode on the club oh bro i 100 that's the feeling that i got like animalistic yeah it's just full gorilla town man like you go into a club you add alcohol you got chicks and dudes and it's just a fucking taronga zoo (laughs) chimp fest you can't talk to anyone so you don't know what these people like it's purely instinctive looks you grunts you just look at someone you have to dance which is what fucking birds do yeah you drink the nectar go dance yep and have a fucking egg like yeah. that is some it's fucking weird it's full primal it's so funny when you think about that's why that sapiens book is really cool because it yeah. just outlines so much of like how we used to live and like yeah. sort of where us like culture come from and it's just like everything we do is just still so fucking primal but it's just disguised within like all this other shit like yeah. <laughs> you go to a club primal as fuck it's so primal it doesn't get more primal than the fucking club it's because you've, you've removed the uh you've removed speaking nuance of language yeah yep. language is removed because yep. there's sound it's so loud yeah um it's it's so it's so dumb and that but that's what i think is like so rad with podcasting yeah is it's the campfire <laughs> it's it's, it's the, literally a campfire it's, it's, it's sharing stories yeah and that, that's why it's that's why it's way better than uh, the fucking club well but it's it's so primal still though you yeah know? like before we had any cell phones any distractions any tv any music any, yeah like everything that you did was like around the campfire sharing information and i still think that like the fucking like when i'm you you know fucked up on an edible in a club and it's just like you 
see like this is just like a kind of really gnarly campfire yeah where it's like banging loud fucking sounds you can't really talk to anyone the yeah. fucking hot dudes are going after the hot chicks like you sort of see the hierarchy of like yeah. of fucking pheromone sexual <laughs> compatibility like it's just such a weird it, deal huh? it's a very weird environment that is incredibly normalized yeah but it's like why because it's primal as fuck right that's exactly like it. there's certain shit in our biology that just will not die that comes back to fighting that's why we like fighting again yeah there's like that mixed martial arts or whatever it's just like so fucking simple it's so primal like all of this shit that is crazy successful is just still super primal absolutely dude i i fucking hate it every time i go to a club i'm like this fucking sucks mm. i but yeah people love it and i can't shit on people for having a good time fuck no no, like, no, I mean, do get in where you fit in. Like, yeah. People should do what they want. Sometimes people... Like, there's, there's people that are designed for the club. Yeah. There's dudes that work in telemarketing and say they're an account manager and they go to the gym after every day of work and they're, like, in preparation for the club. They get yeah. paid on Friday. They're like, this is going all to fucking bevs. Bags and bitches. Ba- bags and bitches. That's the whole <laughs> thing. They're like, I, I live in Coolangatta. I'm getting a unit at the Meriton this weekend (laughs) people live like that that's how people fucking live that's fair enough and it's like if if they're having a good time if as as long as you're having a good time because I I, sometimes I worry when I see some shit like that and I meet some people that are in in like that it's like if you love it go nuts but if you're doing it to appease something Mm. that's not you and a lot of people I feel like I think a lot of people just don't really know exactly what or who they are and it's like sure. it's it's easier to I used to fucking go to clubs all the time yeah same you know I can't be like I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm like better than it like yeah, I yeah. literally did that like I see it now like that now is what it is to me like I can see that but I've just got other interests I've got other things like and I still I was in a club last fucking sun last Saturday night in New Zealand in Auckland at the casino but it's like I no Sky City oh yeah Boom. we in this bitch but um, you know I just sort of that's what it is to me now you know like i'm yeah. never look going to a club and like looking to hook up with someone like <laughs> yeah yeah, those, yeah you know those days are done but it's like i feel like yeah they're they're people that they're still doing that and it's cool it's just like that's sort of what might lead them to the next thing it's like yeah oh dude when um i went to this club after my set at um melbourne comedy festival and it was me and like all the headliners from the comedy festival like mm. me and uh, a fucking shitload of comedians all went to this club in Melbourne and I forget what the shit was called and we walk up and there's like they take us to a room that looks over the club mm. and they like let us smoke in the club and like they were bringing fucking bottles and shit and I was you know I was on a wave <laughs> and uh, they kept bringing up girls from the from the dance floor like some gross promoter would be like you come here you come here you come here yeah and I bring these girls up and you know, I, was, I was on a wave and some girls trying to talk to me and I'm like isn't it funny how everyone got in this room like you know you look at this comedian he's gone at some point I'm not gonna do a traditional thing I wanna make people like yeah, laugh yeah. so I'm gonna go write some jokes I'm gonna take those jokes to the open mics I'm gonna film some comedy I've got no following taking a risk everyone that immediately knows me probably thinks I'm a fucking loser Dipshit, yeah and, and then I've uh, then they hit it like a gold mine and they, they start building up they start booking shows they start selling out these shows they start touring they start yeah. international touring they're building and building and building now they're booked here at the biggest comedy festival in the southern hemisphere and they're playing this and they're living out their dreams and they're in the room because they did all that yeah and you're in the room 
because you're a hot chick. Yeah. And I said it to a comedian, a female comedian, and um, it was deeply offensive. She didn't take it very well. No. Well, did she take it like you were just calling her a hot chick? She took it as though I was shitting on her comedy uh, and saying her comedy wasn't good. That, yeah, I, like, so, I followed along with that. Yeah, so I... Um, if she ever sees this... <laughs> yeah, that's not what you were saying. It wasn't what I meant. And I was too drunk to... To, to like articulate it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I could I could see where she could get confused, but like right now, the way you articulate I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it didn't make sense. It was poorly articulated. Yeah. And, mm. I, and I regret it deeply. <laughs> was she like, is she like a big comedian? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. DM her. Yeah, I should. Dude, how'd you get the check mark? Oh, I did. Like, that's, so, the, that's the fucking move. Yeah. Dude, it's so good. It's because when you message people on it, it doesn't go to a request folder. That's, goes straight. What, that's why I want that shit yeah. because of just getting guests on. It's Yeah, it's so good for that. Mm. Um, how did I get it? Just through like the label and stuff. Um, I applied for it, didn't get it. And then I was like drunk at Rosella's. <laughs> oh, and no shit. I live just up the road from that. Yeah. And um, I like went to the bathroom and like pulled my phone out. I looked at it and I was like, oh. Yeah. I'm verified. I'm verified on Instagram. Weird. That shit makes it e- it's like so much easier. That's the that's like the one social media thing where like it fucking helped me out a lot because totally. of like just to hit up guests and shit. I think I, I think I know the secret mm. to how I got it because um my friend Jackson Fairbun has it. Yeah. But his brother who he does the content doesn't have Crazy, it. Crazy, eh? They're so funny them too. Oh, they're the best guys. Um, Every time I see them, I get, we get fucking hammered. Like, we've never just hung out and just not yeah, got so destroyed. Late, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing, I, the thing I think why it worked for me and Jackson is there were, like, other pages on Instagram with our names. Oh. So there were other St. Lane pages on Instagram. Like there was, like, there's, like, some producer called St. Lane who hasn't made anything, like, five years. Yeah, okay. And then there's, like, a St. Lane fucking fan page and there was, like, a St. Lane... Uh, there's like four or five other St. Lane things. Uh. So I think Instagram's just seen that because you got you got to take a photo of like, your yeah, passport yeah, and yeah. shit. I think they've just seen there's multiple accounts uh. as St. Lane. So maybe, and I'm, I don't I don't know if this works, maybe make a few Gypsy Tale podcasts. Fan, like fan pages or whatever. Yeah. Huh, that's fucking interesting. It might work because Jackson's got, there's other Jackson Fairbarns on Instagram, but there's not other Lachlan's. Uh, so I think that's why Lachlan's not getting verified and Jackson is and I think that's why I got verified because they just wanted to and because I'm like playing festivals and shit yeah they need to like advocate it's the real one yeah right that's fucking I wondered if it was like a label thing it, pro- oh, it probably was like, yeah. I don't fucking they don't tell me anything yeah true eh yeah. they're probably just like they probably just called a dude on Instagram yeah because like, hey, yeah, I know like Mike Goldman's like that Cause he um, he knows people on Instagram yeah because yeah. he was like he's done work for Instagram like yeah. hosted events and shit for him so they just verified him straight up yeah dude he's a good dude yeah I spoke to him fucking dude like literally years ago like when I first started the podcast about him yeah. coming on he was around here a bunch for the Commonwealth Games he's um, here right now oh is he um there's a film festival in Century Cove oh sick I'm pretty sure like he's like hit him up like now you probably do it well, i think i'm going to melbourne like oh you're much driving to melbourne yeah. yeah so i don't know what the i don't yeah. know what my plan is but yeah he, he always has been like an interesting fucking interesting cat eh? yeah i wouldn't want to do what he does no nah, no nah, he like i respect it and it's like it's his thing i would just not want to live like yeah i feel like he's like the model he's like a lit it's like a model but with his personality and he's voice. a model with his voice yeah you know what i mean yeah he's got he's got such a recognizable voice yeah but it cuts through and it's so um articulate yeah 
Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine it'd be very draining. Yeah, I feel like it'd be like a model where it's like, oh, I want you to like lose five pounds and I want you to do that. <laughs> like, oh, but we like this. It's yeah. I just feel like he would be so contorted and like, because yeah. he's very corporate and what he does is like mm. very specific and very produced. Yeah. I just wouldn't want to be that produced. Totally. I don't think I could. Like, yeah. I don't think I've got that. Yeah, dude, I couldn't do either. Like Mike's a G. He's been he's been in the game for so long. Fucking like, so long. He's he's seen it all. And Mike's also one of these dudes that just has hell hookups. Mm. Like, cause cause he's so deep in the corporate world. Because mm-hmm. he's you know he works for Rebel Sport and fucking mm. Sydney King and shit. Mike's one of those guys where it's like, oh, like like if if you go around to his place and you're like, oh, I like that. He goes, oh, mm. I'll get you one of them. Mm. I know the people that do this. So I went there with um. Me, Isaac Butterfield, went round to Mike Goldman's house. Uh, he lives up in Brisbane. Um, uh, who? Goldman does? Yeah, yeah. He used to live in Bondi. Now he lives in Brisbane. Oh, dude. Okay. I thought yeah. he was in, in um, Bondi still. No, no. He's just moved. Oh, like a, oh well, it'll be like easy to ago. get him on then. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, he's living with um, Bianca, his fiance. Yeah. She's, she's lovely. Um, and yeah, Mike was like, but Butterfield was really wanting to get verified on Instagram. And Mike's like, let me put a call in. That's so <laughs> crazy. He's just a G like that yeah that's fucking epic yeah. have you got any like since you sort of come into the game in like a more formal sense have you got dudes that have like really helped you and mentored you um oh like Danny Jew like my producers kind of mentor me but other artists nah like it's been pretty solo mission yeah I've had like I've had dudes like Bliss and Esso reach out and like say they really fuck with dude Johnny's people. a man yeah he's dude. such a fucking nice guy he called me up Johnny's the American one. Yeah, yeah. He called me up uh, and just said like, "What up?" Once, like he just he like rang my number. I was like, "How do you get my number?" That's cool. And uh, he he called up. He just said he loves what I'm what I'm doing, and they want to do a remix of Sugary Sweet. Oh, sick! So I'm like, dude, yeah, let's make it happen. And they're like, "Get me the stems," and I'm like, "Oh, I don't have the stems. I gotta fucking get them off one of my producers." Yeah. So I called Dennis. I'm like, "Hey, Bill Stems, I want to do a remix." He's like, "All right, cool. Let me get those stems." been fucking three months yeah i was gonna say i bet that's just how that shit works though dude and then dennis i was fucking i love dennis so much like one of the greatest guys in the world but get on the fucking stems dennis dennis sent me a folder he's like this is the stems bro <laughs> i didn't open the folder and i sent it to listen so like here's the uh-huh. stems dude make the track it wasn't the stems at all. It was the song in a oh. wave file. <laughs> I was like, "Why is this file so small?" And then, um, yeah, it was the fucking. It was just the. It was just the literal exported song, not even the instrumental. That's not gonna get it done. Just, just the song. I was like, "They already have this. <laughs> That's why they're doing the remix. They've heard this." Yeah. And yeah, I. So hopefully the window hasn't closed for where those they, where, guys, they, where so they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. um, Bliss hit no Esso hit me up. And was like we're in the studio now. Yeah, they're doing the new album. Yeah, and apparently it's really good. Oh yeah, hopefully they get me on it. Yeah, and, that'd be um, sick. They and they wanted to do a remix of Sugary Sweet. It's like a free promo track on like their YouTube just to hype the album. Yeah, and I think they're going to remix a bunch of other songs. Yeah, sweet. But probably not anymore because of fucking Dennis. Dennis, <laughs> Dennis the Menace. Yeah all good though but what about other like because I, I think like when you come into this sort of into this world like you've kind of got to like look to certain people to kind of yeah. give you that guidance like has there been people or is it just you know like that sort of like core label group yeah it's like the core label group there's there's no one's really come out to like help me I've, like artist wise 
um just people everyone's been cool man like i i hung out with um a producer called kilter i don't know if you know kilter i've heard of that yeah he's like a mad producer and and his girlfriend nicole miller um we all just went to a bar the other night and like i'm doing shit like that all the time just like linking up with yeah. other with other artists yeah and just you know building rapport with with cool people like yeah. people that make music and are kind of like similar minded on shit um but yeah as nah no one's like lifting me up at all mm. it's, it's just it's just your boy mm. <laughs> like just carrying myself just out here grinding just yeah hustling man i've i've been like hustling for so long dude yeah like when i was working at the hotel i uh i was i got like a, a google doc spreadsheet I, I went through and listed every single artist in australia that's doing something that i want to do so like flume courtney barnett fucking deep sea arcade yeah all these people and then i got like their managers and their booking agents and like try to get contact information for their managers i had like 300 artists on this list just like literally everyone was on this list and i emailed every single one of their managers because their ma- management info is actually really easy to get it's usually just on the, their facebook about page or like yeah on their website emailed every single manager just with like a and it was all personalized shit it was like hi manager's name i like what you did with this band in yeah. particular this really personalized shit i spent fucking weeks on it dude mm. and of those emails i got two replies no shit I got two replies and one of them through multiple doors led to my record deal yeah right i didn't get managed by the guy but he introduced me to a guy who then yeah you know it's just like guys on guys on guys yeah and um so yeah i've been hustling dude i used to go there was a dude i won't say his name because i see him sometimes so it'll be fucking weird um who used to book shows at eden's hill in brisbane yeah there's you know that big venue yeah and i knew what he looked like and so i would go to clubs like if he put on fucking like checked in on fake this is like facebook days it's like yeah for, instagram wasn't popping yet if he like checked into the club and like on the gold coast i bro i fucking went to the club that's so gnarly look for the dude like bought him a drink linked up first two times i met him i didn't fucking tell him i made music we just bumped it we were just boys and i'm like oh he's like well what do you do bro i do a little bit of music dude i got so many tours through that fucking guy that's so sick man when i couldn't afford to get into the club but i knew stevie z from radio metro used to dj at a club called paris and I used to wait out the back of Paris at 3 a.m. when he finished. I had a CD. I was like, bro, like, play my shit. And he was like, oh, dude, like, yeah, I don't want CD. Email me. Emailed him. Never heard anything. Went back to the club. Like, two weeks later, I was like, Stevie Z, you got to play my shit. He's like, oh, I'll check it out. Finally checked out. He's like, this is dope. Uh, come in. It's the first radio station to play my music. But I had to stand at the front of a club. Yeah. Fucking. and it's fucking demoralizing dude like yeah i've done that shit filming where like shit. i want to meet people to like do film stuff for them and like yeah you fucking just stand there like a fucking loser yeah for hours at times and like the whole time you're standing there all these negative thoughts like running through your head you're just like yeah i'm not fucking cut out for this shit like <laughs> you just get such gnarly like negative self-talk going yeah but dude. it's like you've just the ones that are successful fucking push through that shit you know dude and it sucks because when sugary sweet started like doing pretty good like it was getting like played on the radio heaps people started saying that i was a fucking like industry industry plant plant, yeah 
And it's like, dude, I like work so hard. Yeah. Like, because a lot of people don't realize that I was like in other groups. Like I was in a band called Clashing Colors. We signed a deal with Interscope when I was finishing high school. No way. Yeah. I was, and I was like, I was the bass player, which the playing the bass got me into the conservatorium of music. Mm. Um, and yeah, we put out an album. I was fucking 17 years old, put out my first album and I wasn't, wasn't even invested in music yet. I was like rugby and stand up and music was like a thing I did for fun with my friends. Mm. Put out an album, got a mad deal. Then I did, uh, like, how did that all work out then? Like, did that band just sort of stop? I got kicked out. Oh, really? Of the band, yeah. No shit. They told me I was holding them back. Does that band still, is that, they're still going? No. Oh, so it wasn't you? No, <laughs> definitely wasn't me. <laughs> I'm the only one of the band that's still... Still making music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, the drummer works at the cinema that I go to all the time. So no shit. So I just say what up to him. And like my best mate, Tommy, was in the band too. We, I was with him two days ago. But he's a school teacher now. Fuck, that's crazy, eh? Yeah. And um, so yeah, I was yeah, playing bass and then got kicked out of the band I was like what the fuck am I going to do maybe I'll get back into stand up and then um, my friend Ike Campbell who was a producer like he said let's uh, make some rap music yeah and I was like we both were like the biggest Kanye West fans in the world both loved rap so we tried it out we were in a duo together for five years fuck yeah toured Australia with 360 Century Remy Atmosphere Tech 9 fucking like did so many tours put out two albums signed an indie uh, record deal and then we put out the last song we ever put out was a song called The Dash that like fucking blew up and it was number four on Spotify in Australia really? yeah it did in 2017 and then off the back of that made a solo project pitched it to record labels signed a record deal that's fucking gnarly eh? yeah, yeah that's like the one thing that I've learned through this shit is like anyone doing anything has just been through a mountain of shit together yeah. like um, yeah. like it's so the whole industry plan thing like it definitely exists but it's like it's fucking very rare that that's the yeah. case yeah oh, dude I'm too old to be an industry plant as well industry plants are kids mm. they, they'll they'll pick up a kid when they're like 13, 14 yeah okay and they'll like, we'll mold your sound We'll put you out when you're 16. We'll put you on every magazine playlist, Spotify, make it look really organic. Yeah. Like Khalid, Billie Eilish, shit like that. Yeah, okay. Um, But dude, I'm way too old. Yeah. I've missed the fucking mark. And it's just like you're in Australia. Yeah, in Australia too. Well, it's like that shit that's happening with uh, Tones and I. You heard about this? No. Nah. You know Tones and I? Yeah. Thing? Like, she's great. I met her at a party. She's, she's, all, she's lovely. But I remember meeting her and I was like, this girl is not 19. You know yeah. how you can look at me and be like, this dude, if like, if you were to say, if I said I was 19, it'd be like, no, maybe. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> um, like maybe if I went to like fucking war or something, but yeah. like I did definitely not 19. I remember looking at her and I was like, she is like 30. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like she like looks like she's like late 20s. Yeah, dude. Is she supposed to be 19? And her whole thing is like, she's this 19 year old artist. That's so weird that uh, that would be a thing. Yeah, because people, uh, I, I guess people are more inclined to support younger pop artists. There's mm. like a, it's like sport. There's like an age period where you yeah. can, where you can pop and then you have like your core man as you get older. But like, aren't people realizing that now that that shit's just like, isn't a it's thing impossible. anymore? It's, it's, and with everything digital, like people so people started putting out photos of her at like her 21st from like 2011 really so this is a thing <laughs> this is a thing wow and it's like and um like it's bad for her and i feel i feel sorry for her that it sucks that she went along with it though 
I think she would have had to because she's. She, I think pretty sure she's with a major. Yeah. That like, and this is another thing that happens. Like Malcolm Moore, uh, this is me exposing the whole music industry. Um, Malcolm Moore, Ryan Lewis, Chance the Rapper, and stuff. They make it look independent. Yeah. But what they do is they set up an independent label that's a stem of a major. Yeah. So they have an independent label that's like we're the only acts on our small little indie label, but their label's completely funded by a label like RCA, Universal, Sony, yeah, Island. Yeah. Like they fund the record and that money funnels back into them. Yeah. But if you look at it on paper, it's completely independent because it's independently owned by the artist. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not independent. Yeah, it's a crazy game, eh? So she's so that it's come out that she's like fucking she's like <laughs> I think she's like thirty years old. Fuck. Yeah. So the thing is like I don't give a fuck. Like why yeah. why do they think people actually care? Well this is the thing. I don't think anyone cares. That's why I'm, yeah, it's I weird. Think it, that's like a record label mentality is that you need like a young yeah. new superstar for pop. You don't. Just think good fucking music. That and that's why it it didn't it didn't work because she was nineteen. It worked because the songs were good. Yeah, so unique and like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and it, it ah. like, <laughs> just pull it towards you again. Yeah, cool. It, um, yeah, it blows my mind that they, they feel a need to lie about age. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. All the fucking time. So, uh, singles drop, you blow up, you get to like, do you want to stay living here or do you want to eventually live in the States? Do you want to like, what, what uh, sort of? Dude, I would love, I would honestly love like my fucking goal. And it's, I would like to think it's somewhat achievable. I would love just to like do so well in music that I can go live in the, like the top of the North Island of New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. And have like a fucking shed. Yeah. And be away from everyone and just do my thing. Yeah. And then work on music from there and every like two like what Kendrick does yeah every like two or three years just come out with an album some groundbreaking shit some real artistic shit people will fucking love it world tour back to the shit yeah three years come out groundbreaking record world tour back to the shit and eventually when I'm like 50 years old if I make it to 50 I will uh, I want to open up like this bar that's like like fucking Frank Sinatra swing music <laughs> shit and I like host it and we get like there's like celebrity guests come on and people just sit there they pay like like $50 entry it's like the comedy store almost yeah but for music and uh, you get like fucking uh, like Cardi B comes in and you but you never know who's gonna play yeah and but it's gonna be a mix of like huge acts and emerging acts like the comedy store where you'll see yeah, you'll Dave see Chappelle like, yeah. and then you'll see like uh, Fahim Anwar yeah. like play before him yeah. and like it's the mix and then like eventually like Fahim he might be the be next, next guy, Chappelle yeah, and then yeah. there's another and it's like that's why the comedy still so great because you're yeah. seeing a mix of, of all these people Yeah, and I would just love to do that with music I, would, that, I feel like there's no outlet because there's so many outlets there's no outlet that's breaking artists mm. so it used to be you'd go on Letterman or something and well that's be, why No Jumper's so fucking big No Jumper's is big but this that like I've been on No Jumper and I didn't blow up yeah like there's like there's no, there's not there's nothing that's like if you're dope and you're on this yeah cause it used to be like SNL was like SNL that well, like, yeah. um, and that, that's even re- like Sam Smith blew up off SNL yeah right he was a musical guest on SNL and then nothing was the same yeah are you, I've seen uh, I saw AFI on Jimmy Kimmel once really yeah when they fucking because I'm like a huge <laughs> AFI fan dude I, well didn't the lead singer AFI go to jail 
No, I don't think so. What was, or was that Black Veil Brides? Dude. You so. might be thinking of... Um, was it Escape the Fate? Yeah, or fucking uh, Ronnie Radke. He went to jail from Fall Universe as well. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Ronnie okay. yeah, 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 yeah. He's a fucking weird cat. I've yeah. met him a bunch of times on Warp Tour as well. Oh, really? Yeah, weird. Yeah, what, was, what was his vibe? Just like super fucking rock star shit. Okay, like, like cool no, rock star or not cool? Mm, nah, not nah. Cool. nah. I wasn't. I wasn't a super fan. But then again, like, but I say that, and now I'm like, fuck. After doing this podcast, like, I bet if I sat down for three hours with him, like, you'd, you'd get a new perspective. Fucking good dude, you know. Dude. So now I like, I try hard to just never have that attitude anymore. Never have any uh, preconceived notions mm. in regards to people. But yeah, he definitely come across like a fucking weird guy. <laughs> I was just like, damn. And like, it, it was like rape and murder and stuff, like this shit that he went to jail for. It was like yeah. he was involved in some like hectic shit. Fucking hectic shit. But again, it's like fuck the people you're around like yeah product of your environment mm-hmm. so hey uh we're fucking coming up on three hours bro fuck that felt really quick goes quick huh i had a really really good time dude and no, thank uh, you for having me i'm yeah anytime you want to come back on uh if you've got anything that you would like to plug please do so now oh just uh just follow the socials bro yeah yeah <laughs> lane the saint dude lane the saint on instagram yeah. uh you can listen to three absolute bangers on spotify yes you uh, can. i'm gonna post some links to that when this podcast comes out Thank you. Uh, and probably put a link to that in the description of this podcast yeah. um i'd love to come check out one of your shows so yes i am playing this oh you yes, just reminded me right now I'm playing at Miami Marquetta on uh, on the Gold Coast on the 15th of December. I don't know when this is going to come out. Sick. But if it is... We'll do it before that, for c- sure. Cool. Yeah, 15th of December, uh, St. Lane, Ivy, Peach Fur, um, Miami Marquetta. I'll be there. My brother lives right behind Miami Marquetta, so I'm going to get fucked up and walk to my brother's house. Can't wait. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely love to come to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you here. Thank you for out. having me. No, fuck, it was sick, dude. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, anytime you want to come back on, just uh, yeah, give me a shout. It'd be fun. Much appreciated, my man. We'll go drink some beers at uh, Rosella's one time. I, I'm a huge fan of that. That's a great idea. <laughs> sick, dude. Thanks so much. <laughs> no, thank you. You.